Bernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Robinson, back for the captain, Tyler Adams. Justin McKay, Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des in the middle. Pull it Scores! Might have paid the price, but the U.S. takes the lead. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA And there it is, folks, the very exciting goal call as the United States has moved on to second-round action in World Cup soccer, taking on the Netherlands this weekend with a dramatic one nothing win over Iran yesterday. So they played through that first group. They played Wales to a 1-1 tie, England to a 0-0 draw, and then the big win over Iran, 1-0. And I'll tell you this, folks, I, you know, I argue back and forth all the time. I don't like soccer. I find it to be dreadfully boring. And I had my dear friend Pete Morgan in studio yesterday. He's going on and on about how skillful they are, what a great sport it is. Complete nonsense. They may be very skillful. People who dance underwater are very skillful. People who do high jumps on skis are very skillful. That didn't have me watching Jim McKay's Wide World of Sports every Saturday. So I'm not arguing the skill level. What I'm saying is it is dreadfully boring. And after watching the whole game yesterday, all patriotic, all pumped up, let's go USA, let's go USA, I feel even doubly stronger today even after a dramatic win, that it is a dreadfully boring sport. My God, was that a tough watch yesterday. And then on top of it all, the, uh, they had this uh, added time at the end of the game. It makes no sense. No one has any idea, not the coaches, not the players, not the millions like me watching at home, how long the extended time is. Could be two minutes, could be four minutes, Could be seven minutes. So you got to sit through this whole boring game where they scored one goal, and then they just add time, and there's no set time for the added time. I used to not – I used to think that's – okay, that's a soccer world thing. That's just – okay, that's how they do the time. The time just keeps running, and the referees uh, keep the time on the – all right, I got used to that when I was watching it. But now, when we were talking this morning, now I finally figured out why that's stupid. Because, well, now you figured it out? Well, because <laughs> it, logistic reality, the two coaches have no idea. No idea. So how do you how do you coach or how do you players? game plan? That's, yeah. that's yeah. kind of the allure of it, though. Uh, no, it's, no is there's that, no it's allure. A it's stupid. No. Listen, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to watch again when we play the Netherlands. <laughs> Nobody loves this country more than me, including Donald Trump. 
I want to win every game. I want to win every medal. I want to win every World Cup. I am into it in a big way. I'm rooting for my country. But the game is dreadful. Good for you. You only have to watch one more game because USA is going to get slaughtered by the Netherlands. Well, how do you know that? Didn't they say the same exact thing when we played Russia in hockey back in 1980? I was not born in 1980. Well, so trust me, they were saying so the same thing. So it's to Phil, that's why. That's yeah, it, that's happened, why. it doesn't matter. It doesn't Babe Ruth didn't live, right. right. There's one thing that happened 40 years ago, and it's still... All right, it happened well, well, Let me explain years. to you okay. what happened. The United States oh played the Russians and lost by like 10... No, they lost by 10 goals. We did. Yeah. And then we had to play them in the, in the actual Olympic Games... And we were huge underdogs, much bigger underdogs than the U.S. versus Netherlands on Saturday, and we won. That's what we do in the United States. Well, he needed he needed an education on what was going on in the world at that time as well, too, <laughs> because it clearly didn't phase I, I, I've watched the movie. I know Miracle okay. That was a great movie. Okay. Miracle on Ice with my man uh, Russell, right? Uh, what's his first Kurt name? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yes. yes. Well, that's his generation. This generation is such a stupid generation. <laughs> what? I'm not sure who's dumber, this generation who believes the world started in 1995 or the Trump supporters who just don't want to hear what Donald Trump did this weekend was bad. Let me, um, let me give you a little analogy for you. And obviously, Donald Trump didn't kill anybody. But I'm going to give you the Donald Trump, O.J. Simpson analogy. O.J. Simpson murdered two people. There's no doubt about it. I know he got off, but he murdered two people. No, he murdered two people. He did lose a civil case. So what happens is, is you get this brilliant defense attorney, and his name was Johnny Cochran. And Johnny Cochran knows that O.J. Simpson's guilty, but he's his attorney. So he has to figure out a way to take the pressure off of O.J. and make it about somebody else so the oj simpson murder trial all of a sudden is no longer about oj simpson it becomes whether or not mark Furman is a racist you can't make it up some cop who now all of a sudden the the theory is he framed oj simpson it's no longer about oj simpson it's about mark Furman. it was a genius strategy it worked out and oj was not Guilty on the criminal level. That's what's going on right now with this Donald Trump dinner, if you will, or meetup on Saturday night. How was that analogous? I'll tell you how. Kanye West has become the face of anti-Semitism. And he has done it with little apology. In fact, none. Every chance Kanye West has the opportunity to apologize to explain himself, he doubles down. He has become the face of anti-Semitism, Kanye West. And yet, this is not about Kanye West anymore. It's about some guy named Nick Fuentes. I don't care about Nick Fuentes. I've learned about Nick over the last couple of days, Holocaust denier, Jew hater, neo-Nazi, horrible guy. But if some guy named Irving Schwartz, who was a decent man, walked over to Donald Trump's table and brought over Nick Fuentes, I would say, okay, give Trump the benefit of the doubt. He didn't know who Nick Fuentes was, and Schwartz is a nice guy. Kanye West is a scumbag. He's an anti-Semite and a lowlife. And Donald Trump had no issue with Kanye 
coming over. But we're not making it about Kanye now. Everybody who defends Donald Trump makes it about Nick Fuentes. I don't care about Nick. They also make it about Barack Obama. I don't care about Obama. Obama's not running. Obama already won both times that he ran. I got news for you. If Barack Obama was allowed to run again, he would mop the floor with Donald Trump this time around. It's not about Obama. I know Obama's a racist. I know his wife is a racist. I know he's a Farrakhan lover. So what? Obama could afford to do that type of thing and still win. Trump can't. Trump is out of mistakes. Like my friend Michael Goodwin writes in today's New York Post, he's not done yet, but he's wounded. You Trump supporters who think Donald Trump can do and say anything because you like him are not being smart about this. If you really love Donald Trump and you really want Donald Trump to win, then you have to come to the crashing realization his gun is running out of bullets. What he did on Saturday, forget about Nick Fuentes, Milo Yiannopoulos, by allowing Kanye West to eat in his club. When he finds out Kanye West enters the building, the face of anti-Semitism for months right now, you do not, you do not talk to the guy. You just don't do it. Just imagine if Donald Trump actually said, look, Kanye's been a friend before, but he's been really out of control. I love the Jewish people. He's become a hateful person. I don't want him here. Just imagine how much better Donald Trump would look today. Instead, you got idiots like Sebastian Gorka making excuses and all you morons on my Instagram page telling me I'm the bad guy because I'm considering jumping off the Trump bandwagon. By the way, I haven't abandoned Donald Trump yet. Unlike Peter King, Bo Deedle, these other guys, and they're right. And they're entitled to their opinion. I have not abandoned Donald Trump yet, but I'm getting real close. Real close. And there is no excuse, no argument to be made for what Donald did on Saturday. I don't want to hear about Nick Fuentes. I don't want to hear about Barack Obama. It means nothing to me. This is about Donald Trump. He lost the last election. You can yell and scream till you're blue in the face. It was rigged. Maybe it was. Maybe it was, but he lost. And he's not the favorite to win this one either. And if, God forbid, Ron DeSantis jumps in, right now DeSantis will beat him. Obama would destroy him. He's got to be almost perfect, Donald Trump, to retain that White House. And what he did Saturday was not only not perfect, imperfect, but stupid and offensive. Here's a Sebastian Gorka last night with Eric Bowling on Newsmax really trying to sell me that because Kanye West years ago wore a MAGA hat, it's okay for Trump to associate with an anti-Semite like Kanye West. Sebastian Gorka Lewis. Number one, uh, I trust what the president said. This is a club. He was having dinner by himself. And then Kanye West, who he knows from what, from what he did very bravely during the Trump administration as a well-known black American, came to the White House, (laughs) sat at the Resolute desk, put on a red MAGA hat. Put on a MAGA hat. He he had to take all the slings and arrows for supporting President Trump as a black American. So he recognized him. He allowed him to come to his table with an entourage that he knows nothing about this 
very peculiar individual, Milo Yiannopoulos. Who cares? And this absolute scum of the earth, Nick Fuentes. Who cares? Who I've had run-ins myself, who is a Holocaust-denying psycho. And he, you know what he's like, Eric? He's a very hospitable man, and he just <laughs> allowed them to come to his table. It wasn't an invitation. Uh, he didn't right. know who these strap hangers were. Right. So, uh, stop it, one, but he knew who Kanye I, West, I, he knows who Kanye West is. And Sebastian Gorka trying to sell me that because Kanye West wore a MAGA hat years ago, that makes everything okay when he has become the face of anti-Semitism. And here's one other thing, folks. You guys just don't get it. No one is ever going to, I guess, call Donald Trump an anti-Semite. No one's going to do that. His... Son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is a very observant Jew. His favorite child, his daughter, Ivanka, is a Jew. She is actually converted. Donald Trump has been to shul on the high holy days. Donald Trump did more for Israel than the last 50 presidents combined. So no one's ever going to accuse Donald Trump of being an anti-Semite. Once again, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. Nick Fuentes is not the issue. Barack Obama is not the issue. Donald Trump not being an anti-Semite is not the issue. The issue is how tone-deaf could you be when you're two weeks away from announcing you're running for president again and you're taking more slings and arrows than applause and you allow the face of anti-Semitism in your club and he walks over to you at dinner and you couldn't be nicer because you wore a MAGA hat. I mean, come on, folks. Stop. Grow up already. The Trump stuff is it's starting to wear on rational people. I know how great Trump was. Remember, I voted against him. Remember, I became equally as fervent and enthusiastic about Donald Trump as my late partner was. Difference is, when he screws up, I will say it. You folks... With this, just this, this bottom line, I will never, ever, ever, ever criticize Donald Trump because all the media does is criticize him. That is childish. And it ain't going to work for Donald Trump. He's not going to win that way. If you want him to win, wake up. Wake up. This was a brutal mistake he made on Saturday. Not a little thing. I don't care if Barack Obama has sex with Louis Farrakhan today. I don't care. Obama's not running. And when Obama ran, he wins every time and he'd win again. Trump doesn't have that luxury. Trump is not an eloquent, articulate black man in America that everybody panders to and has to like. Trump has become almost as big as an enemy in this country as a hero. Wake up. Thank you, Mark Levin. So stop making excuses. Come to the realization his gun is running out of bullets and try to help the guy. Try to help the guy. I mean, once again, I had to go on Instagram last night and post an angry message. I'm getting tired of doing that, but it was a block party. What's a block party? Well, they've got music. They've got food. You pick any block in Brooklyn, in the city. For me, my block party is I start blocking a bunch of people on my social media. Because I made it very, very clear. The next person that says to me, I had to shut up your show today because of the anti-Trump rhetoric, you're gone. I don't want you listening. Go to Len Berman. Go. See ya. I'll make it. I'll be fine. 
Trust me, I'll be number one whether you stay or not. If you are not adult enough, adult enough to understand, to understand the implications of what Trump does, I don't want you here. I don't Goodbye. need you. Thank you. The days of waving the pom-poms, that's over. That's over. I want to win. I am sick of the Democrats running this city, running this state, and running this country. I want to win. You guys don't care about winning. All you care about is Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Bernie's not here anymore. I miss him every day. I love him every day. I miss Bernie. Show's still doing great. We're still number one, just so you guys know. But I miss him every day. Stop trying to predict what he would say, what he would think. I don't care. You got me now. That's it. And the days of waving the pom-poms for Donald Trump when he acts like a jerk-off are over. They're over. I want to win. And what Donald Trump did on Saturday is an easy way to lose. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. I've got an amazing guest list today. Lee Zeldin. He's going to fight back. After Alvin Bragg basically called him a racist, Zeldin will fight back for the first time today with me. And with everybody jumping off the Trump bandwagon, the big question is, will my mother, the number one Trump fan in the country, will Naomi Rosenberg jump off as well? Because she is a proud Jew. There's only one way to find out. She's on at 8.05. Keep it right here. Sid Rosenberg on a Wednesday only on Talk Radio 77. WABC. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I think he should apologize for it, uh, and he should denounce those individuals uh, uh, and their hateful rhetoric without qualification. I think the president demonstrated uh, profoundly poor judgment uh, in, in giving those individuals a seat at the table. Petty for you, Refugee at 625 on your hump day Wednesday morning. Back with me, Sid, number one Nielsen-weighted news talk show in New York City. Self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. That was former Vice President Mike Pence 
stating the obvious, that it was poor judgment by Trump. And again, just um, sick of reiteration, I don't care about Nick Fuentes or Milo Yiannopoulos. The face of hate has been Kanye West. Once you welcome Kanye West, regardless of the rest of that scumbag crew, you've, um, you've lost. A brutal, brutal, brutal error in judgment by Trump. I haven't abandoned them yet. If the election was this morning, folks, listen carefully. Listen carefully. If the election is this morning, I'm still going to vote for Trump. But I'm telling you that every day, every day, for me, he's starting to wear out my welcome. And I don't have, I do not have a lifetime of loyalty for Donald Trump because for three and a half years, he was a great president. Great. Great. Best one-term president ever in my lifetime, maybe second to Ronald Reagan. None of that goes away. But, folks, that was a long time ago. That was years ago since then he's lost an election. And he's running again. And he made this critical mistake last Saturday night. Doesn't mean I'm a liberal. Stop. Doesn't mean I hate Trump. Again, he's still my guy. But it is wearing very, very, very thin. And more and more people that I respect and like, really smart people, not rhinos. That's another one. My God, if, if God forbid you, you have anything wrong, bad to say about Donald Trump, you're a rhino. You know this uh, term, Lou, this rhino? I've heard. So if, I'm a Republican. How do I know that? Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. How do I know that? Because every Republican candidate reaches out to me to come on this show. Nobody had Lee Zeldin on more than me. Any one of these congressmen, you name it, any election in this city, every Republican ran to me. I didn't run to them. They ran to me because they know I'm a Republican. Loving Donald Trump doesn't make you a Republican. That makes you a Trump supporter. If you are critical of Donald Trump, you can still be and probably still are a Republican. But for most of us, we just want to win. We can't take it anymore. We want to win. And Trump, every day, gives us less a chance to win. You don't want to hear that. You're still masturbating over the Donald Trump of 2019. Fantastic. Go at it. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. Fix it. Figure it out. Right? I mean, it's not that difficult. There's got to be somebody. I know Donald Trump listens to nobody. We know all this. There's got to be one advisor. There's got to be somebody that Donald Trump respects that goes to Donald on a Sunday morning and goes, Donnie, we know Kanye said nice things about you. By the way, he hasn't lately. Are you guys paying attention? Kanye West has not been very complimentary to Donald Trump lately. Does Donald even know that? Probably not. Is there somebody who goes to Trump on a Sunday morning and says, Donald, not a good look sitting there with an anti-Semite, a neo-Nazi, and Milo Yiannopoulos, not a good look. You own the club. Kick him out. How much better would he look this morning if he kicked him out? 
It should be his kids at this point. He doesn't listen to his kids. Are well, you nuts? I, right, but that means there's nobody. I don't, I don't even know if his kids would. Do, I mean, Ivanka would, but she, that's why she's not getting involved this time around because she's been very critical of her father. She was actually critical of her dad for January 6th. So she's like, I'm out now. That's it, Dad. I love you. I love you, but good luck. And I don't think Eric and or Donald Jr. has the stomach to criticize their father. I really don't. But he needs help. He makes a lot of really stupid decisions, which is really frustrating because he should win every time. He should be considered one of the greatest presidents ever, not just by his rabid, sycophant Trump supporters. And he's not. About 53% of this country hates his guts. Hates his guts. So if you know that going in, whether it's fair, unfair, we know it's unfair. We know the media spends every second of every day blasting the guy. We know that. So if you know that's the case, wouldn't you do everything you possibly could not to give them more ammunition? Does that make any sense, Lewis? I just I agree with you. I, just, I mean, but if you don't listen to your family, then there's nobody that's going to in, let's say, 25 years, you are running for something. Me? Yeah, you. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're running for something, let's just say. Okay. And you're making, you're saying a bunch of stupid things. Right. Wouldn't you listen to Danielle? Of course I would. Until that's, there's, that's it. I may not even say stupid things because... She may get to me first to make sure I don't say stupid Because left to my own, I will say stupid things because I'm like Trump. Well, wouldn't you be amenable to it and open 100%. to it? 100%. All right. Well, that makes 100%. you a rational thinking human being. Of course. All right. Because well, I'm no different than Trump. I think I'm the best. I know I'm the best. And I would say stupid things all the time. But you have to think that. That's for sure. You have to think you're the best. You have to know you're no, the best. No, no. Some people should not think that. Stop it. Okay. There's about seven I'm, people I, on this I station who should never think I that. But stop that, right? Yeah, I, know. I am the best. Gotta, but but gotta, I am willing, whether it's a John, a Chad, or a Danielle, or even you, quite frankly, I'm willing to listen. That doesn't mean every time I'm going to take your advice and run with it, but I'm willing to listen. This guy, he don't want to listen to nobody. Check. Nobody. Who can possibly, possibly say to him that was fine because Barack Obama likes Farrakhan? Well, what does that mean? Who could possibly think that they're correct 100%? Oh, the time? It's a lot of them. Okay. There's a lot of them. I don't understand. I don't understand. <sighs> you can apologize for stuff, yeah. but how can you think you're right all the time? And Unreal. Not listen to Unreal. Anybody? Yeah. Uh, Dolph Hyken is the bad guy this morning, not Donald Trump. <laughs> how does that make any sense? <laughs> Traffic and sports are coming up next, and a bevy of huge, great guests. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to Cut to the Chase. With my friend Laura Curran, an unflinching look at important issues affecting our lives, no matter what your politics are. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Laura talks with Frank Tarantino about the fentanyl crisis. My guest today is Frank Tarantino. He is a special agent in charge of the New York Division of the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration. Everyone has read about fentanyl. There's a lot of concern, the statistics, the fact that it's 50 times more powerful than heroin, 100 times more powerful than morphine. Yes. Incredibly addictive and incredibly fatal. Yes. Five milligrams 
two milligrams potentially could kill you. It's a public health, public safety, and national security risk, which is why the DEA is relentless in our pursuit of holding both China and Mexico accountable. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my God. Here's the newest one. All right, here's the newest one. Donald Trump is actually a hero because he realizes Kanye West is a troubled individual. And maybe, just maybe, he was trying to help Kanye. Well, that's a good possibility. You people are the <laughs> dumbest people I've ever, I've ever, I've ever talked to in my whole. If you really believe that, you're even dumber than I thought you were. Maybe he was trying to help out a troubled individual. What, God what, what, yay, God what, yay, <laughs> trying to help you. What qualifies him as a uh, like a psychiatrist? Not only that, but troubling is one thing. This guy's a hater. Yeah. He's an anti-Semite. That's not a troubled individual. Yeah. That's a hater. Just like, uh, you know, put, put him by the wayside. I got it. I, I got, I'm going to be done with Trump today. Huh? I, only oh because God. his supporters are worse than him. He's a moron, but his supporters are even more stupid. Kanye, you're a bad hombre. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta Pete go. Pete Morgan brings you this sports update. Peerless Boilers, check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Here's my guy, Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Sydney. Uh, we did already go over the result from last night's USA, uh, or uh, yesterday afternoon, I should say. Yesterday afternoon's Iran-USA game. Uh, the USA does indeed pull it out as the U.S. men's national team does the job, and they advance through Group B. Christian Pulisic put his body on the line for the lone United States goal, flying into the box to put the Americans up 1-0 and for good, and pay the price he might have, that being Pulisic, who had to leave the game due to injury following his collision with the Iranian goaltender after his decisive strike. First up in the knockout round for the United States is the Netherlands, coming up on a Saturday morning. And now over uh, to American sports here. Uh, we'll start on the hardwood as the Knicks took it to the Pistons to the tune of a one. Uh, 40 to 110 beat down. Julius Randle gave himself a good 28th birthday present in the form of a season high 36 points to highlight the route as the Knicks will try and make it two straight with the Milwaukee Bucks coming into town. That tip set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. As for the Nets, they'll be in action tonight as well. Getting set to welcome in the Washington Wizards for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tip. And on the ice, you had the Islanders in action last night. They fall at the hands of the Flyers in Philadelphia by a score of a 3 to 1. They'll try and get back in the win column come Friday when the Nashville Predators come to town. As for the Rangers in Delaware, Devils blue shirts are on the ice tonight in Ottawa to take on the Senators at 7. And the Devs, uh, they get a look at the aforementioned Predators in Newark tomorrow night at 7. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our work for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabulaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabu Law, where winning is no accident. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. USA, USA, that's a big game, man. When I spoke to the coach and the players, I said, you can do this. They went, ah, they're going to, they did it. God love them. Anyway, just thought you might want to hear.
Joe Biden. Ay, ay, ay. I just spent the first 35 minutes all over Donald Trump. Although, once again, for the fifth time this morning, because I'm still getting direct messages from angry folks. <laughs> you need a co-host. You need somebody there to lighten your rhetoric. You're way too... They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. I'll say it again. I'm still with Trump. Election today, I'm voting for Donald Trump, but he's a moron. And if you're defending him today, then you're a moron too. I don't care. Yes, I'm calling a portion of my listeners stupid. I've done that for about 25 years. I've been number one everywhere. Everywhere. Because it's a portion. Most of you who are rational people, smart people, whether you love Trump or not, know what I'm saying is a thousand percent right. You don't get offended. But if you're in the bag for Trump and you can never, ever be critical of him, then you're personally offended this morning, and I don't care. Go to Len Berman. Have fun with him. If you think I'm tough on Trump, he hates Trump's guts. Go to Boomer Esiason this morning. He's talking about the Jets and Vikings on Sunday. Where are you going to go, baby? I'm the only Republican in town this time of the morning, but I'm an honest guy. I talk the truth. And no, I don't have somebody here waving pom-poms, nor am I going to bring somebody in. Wave pom-poms every day and lie because that's what you want to hear. Ain't going to happen. So get used to real honest radio, which is I'm a Trump supporter, but I'm angry because I need him to win. And what he did Saturday was offensive and stupid, and he has very little room to be that. Sebastian Gorka, Kanye West wore a MAGA hat. What do you expect? Really? That's your, that's your explanation? No, he was trying to help Kanye. Kanye's a trouble guy, really? Guy's been on a, on a two-month tour, a hate tour of the Jewish people, and he's just a nice trouble guy, really? And you folks wonder why I'm down on Trump? And you're going to send me messages? Blow me. How does that sound? So my mother, she's the number one Donald Trump fan in the world. In the world. But I believe she's more of a proud Jew than a Trump supporter. I believe she is. So I called Naomi yesterday. She listens. She's listening right now. And um, she's heard all the criticism. And she's okay with it. She's fine with it. But much like her son, she doesn't let that make up her mind. In other words, I'm going to play a whole bunch of stuff this morning from Howard Stern to Mitch McConnell. But those people, and Bernie too, they don't make up my mind. I'm still with Trump, even though I know what he did was awful. My mother is the same way. I get that from Naomi. So the question is, when Naomi comes on this morning at 8.05, in between two amazing guests, Andrew Giuliani and Peter King, the question is, will my mother move off of Trump Island? Will she leave? Once she leaves... creature in the White House. Thank you, Mom. Once she leaves, forget about Bo Deedle or Peter King or the rest of these guys. If Naomi leaves, then you know how much of a fatal flaw... That was on Saturday. So the question I have for you two guys, Justin and Lewis, knowing my mother, Naomi, as well as you do, does Naomi stay with Trump like I'm doing? Like I'm doing? You hear that, folks? Like I'm doing? Or is she gone like I'm getting close to doing? Justin, look, we'll start with you. Uh, I think she stays on the wagon. You do? Yeah, I do. You don't think that she values the history of the Jewish people? I never said that. 
I never said that. Well, if she stays with Trump, isn't isn't that a slap in the face? I don't. But I don't think. I listen. I mean, it, obviously, it's it's terrible what he did. But you said it yesterday he's not an anti-Semite. It's not that black and white. We know that Trump is not an anti-Semite. He That's just, true. He just did a really stupid thing. Right. So, uh, but, but, I, but but it's more than stupid because what people don't seem to understand is it was offensive because there are Jewish people that are offended. Stupid is is. Um, I don't know. Give me an example. Is stupid is putting up a picture of Ted Cruz's wife, yeah. and comparing her to your wife, right? That's was, stupid. Stupid and offensive. I mean, I'm offended. Right. I'm offended just like you are. I'm a Jew, but uh, but listen. I mean, if I if I was as big of a fan as Trump uh, of Trump as your mother is, which we know how big of a fan she is. I mean, she comes on here and and she uh, she just spits uh, absolute love for the man. I think she'll stay on the wagon. All right. I really so do. Justin Ellick says Naomi stays. On the wagon. Short leash, though. Short leash, I will say. Short leash. Short leash, yeah. So, you, so you're saying that she's going to be, I'm still there, but I could leave. I would say, I, I wouldn't say she say, I don't think she'll say I could leave. She said, you know, she'll she'll probably be uh, a little bit further away from it uh, than you are. I mean, you're you're about ready to jump off. Right. But I think I think she'll be a little bit more, um, how do you say, uh, mature about it, right? No, I always have mature. I'm, I'm being immature because I'm angry at Trump? No, yeah, and that was the wrong word. I apologize well, that for using that. Word. I mean, you're so stupid. What I, I college think, did you go to? Well, I think, I, no, I think the right word is. Uh, she'll be, she's more loyal to Donald Trump right. than I am, which, 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 by the way, sometimes loyalty. You can be loyal to a fault. Right. We love loyal people. We get it. But sometimes blind loyalty is just silly. I think uh, what I meant to say is you have a shorter fuse than, than I think she might. That is true, yes. So, All right. I, I don't believe you're wrong. I think you probably nailed this. Uh, Lou Rafino, do you agree with Justin Ellick, or what do you think? What does Naomi do at 805? Okay, she'll stay with me. She'll be there. Oh, boy. No, I think she's definitely uh, not going to jump off. She'll. But I Why? Agree. What you, can you picture her doing that? No. Of course I can. She's no. a Jewish lady. She's very proud of the Jewish religion. She doesn't care about Nick Fuentes. My mother hates Kanye West. Hates him. Okay. Well, and that she'll... and that is when people go to Nick Fuentes, they're trying to change the subject. The subject matter is why would Donald Trump not kick Kanye West out of his club? And furthermore. When he walks over to the table, I don't care how nice of a guy you are, why would he converse with now the face of anti-Semitism? So my mother, I think, may place the Judaism above Trump. You don't think so? I just, I'm just taking a, a shot in the dark that she will, she loves Trump. And she the guy, does? She's yeah. going to say he made a huge mistake. Right. And it's... Something that I don't like. I mean, I don't like a lot of things about the guy now. So, but by the way, that's what I've done. Right, uh, right. I, I've said he's made a huge mistake. Huge. I think it's a much bigger mistake than his supporters tend to because they defend him no matter what. I think it was a huge mistake. But I'm still supporting Trump this morning. I'm not on the Ron DeSantis bandwagon yet, not yet. But I tell you what, one more of these, one more of these, and I'm gone. That's it. One. That's it. One. I, I, come on. Wow. Come on. Come on. I mean, the guy has done a lot of stupid things in the last number of years. He has, but he was a great president. I need a great president again. I need that. I need, I'm worried about this, the future of my country. My son is 14 years old. I need a great president. I don't know if DeSantis will be great. He's a great governor. Being a governor and the president are two completely different things. One's playing center field for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. The other's playing center field for the Yankees. I mean, come on. 
I need a great president. Donald Trump has already been a great president. I know he can do it again. But he's a moron. I'll say it. He just is. He just gets in his own way all the time. But you still want him to be president. Yes, he's good at the job. <laughs> I don't, you know, what am I supposed to sense. tell you? It could be both. You're you not. could be a moron and be great at the job. Uh, he is. Uh, okay. Howard Stern even yesterday said, of all people, this guy could be Reagan. But he just, he finds a way to F stuff up all the time. All the time. Then he can't be Reagan. Well, you're right about that. So that's it. So you just answered your question. You, why, why is it such a tough question? Because Reagan's dead, and there's nobody in the country today who's going to be Ronald Reagan. So this fat buffoon is the closest thing we've got. All right, so that's it. The, that's fate, it. The fate of the country depends on this guy. Well, you want, uh, you want Pete Buttigieg? Just, you want who do you want? You, you want you want um, uh, Kamala you Harris? Always come at me like that. Well, you don't know because there was a time when I wanted Bobby Valentine fired by the Mets, and my co-host Jody McDonald said, Say, "Who do you fine? Want who do you who want do you to want? replace right, him?" Right. Well, so you don't like Trump? Who, who's going to do a better job? Let's uh, get. Wow. G- I'll take Jeter. Let's take. <laughs> Stop Jeter. <laughs> by the way, Don Mattingly I'll will not Phil. work for the Yes Network this year. He took a job with the Toronto Blue Jays. Believe it or not. Anyway, here's Stern. Talking about uh, Howard Stern. I know you don't like Howard Stern, but I find him to be really funny. Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to the audience. Okay. I know you love Howard, and you love Bruce and the same folks that I love. Yet, yet, I'm the bad guy, but they love you, Lou. Same thing. Here is... Turn him against Lou. Yeah, Lou. Turn him against Lou. real villain here. They give Lou credit for all the music selections every single day. We share that. That's right. Yeah. Who's uh, the real villain of this just show? Just play this Howard Stern number 11. Watching the news as I do before the show, and once again, I can't help but be shocked that Donald Trump somehow always misses, like, being Ronald Reagan. Like, what a great opportunity to have, you know, said, uh, you know, like, all of a sudden he, he meets this guy, Nick Fuentes, who I'd never heard of before. You know, he's evidently like the new David Duke and, um, and Kanye West. Like, he, he missed the opportunity to, like, go, I would never meet with racists or anti-Semites. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, you always think there's one opportunity where he could kind of go and do the right thing. But he, he's amazing. He always does, like, the opposite. It's like he you does the opposite Amer- of what yeah, you would think. I didn't know you were such an optimist. You I am. I, one of these days he's going to do yeah, the right thing. Yeah, like, like <laughs> by accident do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like maybe he would have said, like, you know, Jesus Christ, I got a Jewish son-in-law. My my daughter is converted to Judaism, and my grandchildren are Jewish. Like, hey, maybe he's like, but he's like Bizarro Superman. It's like it was the Bizarro world. Everything was backwards and opposite. And Bizarro Superman always f***ed up. Here's uh, one more cut from uh, Stern. And this would be uh, cut number 12, and he talks specifically, I guess, about this Nick Fuentes guy. Cut number 12. Like, you, you find yourself with Trump going, gee, okay, if he just did this, then maybe someone would think he was being a decent human being. But I don't know. It's really weird how he just goes, he just does everything the opposite of the way a normal person thinks. It's like, you know, you even say, hey, you know, I'm going to run for president. Even though I like this guy, Nick Fuentes, I'm going to come out and say, uh, I'm going to denounce him. And people think I'm a good guy. Nope. He goes all in. Like, he's really bizarro. He's bizarro president. <laughs> you know, some of that is um, a bit exaggerated, obviously, but a lot of that is true. You got you to gotta hear it, folks. 
Stop sending me messages. Bernie would calm you down this morning. No, he wouldn't. No. Stop bringing up Bernard. Please let the man rest peacefully. He would not calm me down this morning. I'd be yelling the same thing I'm yelling this morning, and I'd be yelling at Bernie. Stop defending Trump when he's not, when it's indefensible. And I did that many times with Bernard. Many times. Many. And a lot of times Bernard was like, well, he didn't want to fight with me, so he just kind of gave up because I'm a loudmouth and I'm annoying. I know that. It's like, okay, fine. Just stop yelling at me. I don't care. Calm down. Just calm, right, oh, just yeah, calm down. Just calm down. Right. Calm. <laughs> and I wouldn't calm down. I don't care what he said or anybody says. I wouldn't calm down. These are high stakes, folks. Maybe you haven't figured this out yet. These are high stakes. Right? We complain every day about the state of our state, the state of our country. And for as enthusiastic as you folks are about Donald Trump, you think it's one big game. It's one big joke. It's all about Trump. It's not about Trump. It's about the United States. It's about restoring a sense, a semblance of normalcy. When all those things that Donald Trump did, in fact, put into place years and years ago, we need that stuff back. But the question is, is he still the messenger? And it is a very, very valid question. Very. Very. What Howard Stern said there, you hate Howard? So what? What he said was, for the most part, correct. It was correct. Leave it to Trump. You hear this from the biggest Trump supporters. The only person that can beat Donald Trump is who? Trump. Everybody oh. says it. Oh, I thought you wanted anybody to answer. Okay. No, I'll do it myself. No. Nice. All right, you do it. Yeah. Were you going to say Trump? Yeah, I was going to try to try to get to the head of the class. <laughs> I was going to try. I, I but was it's true. So hoping you'd call on me. It's true. So there it is, folks. Naomi will join us at eight oh five, and we will find out whether the biggest Trump supporter ever, ever. I'm convinced if my late father Harvey was still alive, God, I miss him. And Donald Trump came to my house, and my father was at work. That my mother would have banged him in two seconds. I, just, but, oh, I, think, I, I think I'm ready to go home. To the, what, what, you, wrap you, it up. Now, what, what? Now I see where your head is today. What? <laughs> what? You, you, I don't even. I can't even believe I even said the day could come you could run for office. Like when you have stuff like that in well, your head. I'm, listen, I'm an honest man. No, you, you, no. See, you're not used to politicians being honest. So that's why now you're going back on there's that. A, there's a fine line between honesty and stupidity. That's, <laughs> I've seen across it. Many huh? mental I'm sticking illness. with it. I am sticking with it. Oh, what, are you going to ask your mom that? When yes. Are oh, you going to ask her? Okay. First question. I don't know why I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a couple of really good guests stopping by. 725 Staten Island Borough President Vito Pacella. You got that wheel down there, that Ferris wheel, down by the stadium, John Katsimatidi Stadium. And it's not there yet. <laughs> There's like billions of dollars at stake down to the last 30 days. What's going to happen down there on Staten Island? We'll talk to Vito at 725. Andrew Giuliani, he'll be here at 740. You have to mention Naomi Rosenberg here at 805. The great congressman Peter King coming up at 840. The world's most famous defense attorney, Joseph Takapina, coming up at 905. And Lee Zeldin will have his first chance to fire back at Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg after Bragg called his campaign racist. Lee Zeldin will fire back at 925 this morning with me. Great guest list, big time show, only right here 
on Talk Radio 77, WABC. And you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. <laughs> bunch of really great guests about to stop by 1-800-848-WABC 1-800-848-9222 I'll take a couple of calls on this Trump thinks you folks can defend him that's what you do you know, I got the uh, Frank Morano sound sheet in front of me I don't know why it's here I guess he left it from last night I noticed this <laughs> that's probably not a good thing <laughs> yeah I noticed Kanye West Eric Adams China lockdown protests Odell Beckham Jr. Sid. I go, Sid. That's why it was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I guess at one point during yesterday's show, when I was talking about Morano and his very entertaining segment on TV show theme songs, I guess I criticized, uh, what's that kid, Kenneth? Yes, I think you're... Stupid Soprano's choice, yeah. And then it says here that I complained about Blaze. Now, who's that? Matt Blaze. Matt Blaze, talking to Philip in the morning. And according to this uh, sheet here, that clip is two minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, you got a lot of stuff going on. The I overnight. guess. That's all. You gotta, gotta they arrested some guy for leaving a white powdery substance in a hotel in New York City. If I got arrested Oops. every time I left a white powdery substance in a hotel in New York City, I'd be doing 100 years. Yeah. The maids think it's a tip. <laughs> hey, oh, Sid was here God. again. Hey. I think I've left a white powdery substance in every hotel across uh, New York City. So, <laughs> And uh, we beat Iran yesterday, one nothing in soccer. Very exciting. We've moved on to take on the Netherlands. I know nothing about this stuff, but the folks that do on my show, like Philip, he told me we have zero chance, zero 
of beating the Netherlands. I did bring up the 1980 hockey team. You had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, but the guy that <laughs> scored the goal for us, this kid Christian Pulisic, he's our best player, is what I'm told. And he got hurt. And now he uh, may not play against the Netherlands. I'm not sure we could afford to have him out. I want to ask Phil. Phil, uh, put that phone call on hold for a second. And uh, Phil, damn, he doesn't even listen to me. Put the call on hold and talk to me about uh, Christian Pulisic, the guy that scored the goal for the Americans yesterday. That is, I guess, is he our best player? Is that for sure? I I guess. That's pretty... Pretty emphatic. <laughs> that nailed it there. What do you mean you yeah, guess? He's, he's our best player. Right, is he out for this next game? He's questionable. What happened to him? He uh, His testicles exploded. His testicles exploded? Upon goal, his testicles violently exploded <laughs> like hand grenades. No, what happened? His knee or something? <laughs> no, or his it was, leg? It was, no, it's, it's actually his, his, his groin. No, really? He got kicked in the groin? Yeah, and when he scored the goal, he like had a groin injury. <laughs> he ran into <laughs> yeah. the thing. His groin went groin first. Is that, yeah. Oh, so you saw that? I, yeah. No. It's, it's, so are you, are you saying that we have no chance of winning? No. Well, how good is the Netherlands? They're, they're, they're like a good team. They're not the best Aren't team. Are we a good team? No. We haven't lost a game yet. We played Wales to a draw. We played England to a draw. We yeah. beat the Iranians. They, How bad could we be? United States plays not to lose. They don't play to win. Well, we're not good enough. That's smart. Well, Kind of like how to... the early days of Tom Brady with the Patriots. Bill Belichick played not to lose, and they beat high-powered teams like the Rams. What happened at the end when they uh, when They, when they, they won undefeated. the Super Bowl. They beat the Rams. What? Oh, okay. That's the end. That's okay. the end. They won the Super Bowl. The, the undefeated year where they're... Well, oh, that was 20 years later when Brady lost to the Giants. Yeah. Point is, I've seen low-powered teams beat high-powered teams. It happens. Right, when they play the right way. Yeah, yeah. But, again, it's it's just something that um, this is the knockout stages now, so you don't have the luxury of – I mean, if you draw, you go to penalties, and then it's pretty yeah. much a coin flip. Okay. So, your luck's going to run out eventually. you just got you got to play to win. All right. Let me grab some of these uh, calls here. Uh, thank you, Philip. That was great. And they make Heineken, too. They're going to kill us. <laughs> they do Come make on. Heineken. Yeah, right. I think it's Holland, whatever. They, it is in Holland, right. yes. Right. Holland is in the Netherlands, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's check the globe. Well done. Well done. Here's a John. Uh, let's go to John in Scarsdale, online four. Good morning, John. Hey, Sid. How's it going? It's good. Hey, well, a couple right. points uh, for you and actually for your mom, I guess. Um, one is that this Trump question is not in vacuum. There are plenty of other good choices to lead the country the right way that aren't Trump. And second thing is... Well, wait, wait, so we, we, we know that, but but there is still, I'm not sure a healthy amount anymore, but there's still a percentage of folks that will do anything to defend Donald Trump. And you wonder why something oh, like sure. this, which is clearly, clearly a brutal mistake, why they're still doing that. That's my point. No, there's just as bad as the never-Trumpers or the always-Trumpers for whom he's perfect, and they won't see any flaws. Even though he's got a cap of, what, 40 45 percent of the country, he can never win a general election. And the second thing is loyalty is to the country, not to a man. Once you're loyal like that, blindly oh, I agree individual, with you. I said that. it's a cult of personality. I agree. I said that last hour. This is about we need to win. We can no longer have Democrats running our cities, our states, our country. Screw Donald Trump. He was a great president. If he wins, great. I'll still love him. But it's not about Trump. It's about any Republican winning this race in 2024. I am not willing to lose the presidency because I liked what Donald Trump did back in 2019. I'm not willing to do that. 
You know, God. people are telling me now that, um, thank you for the call, that Kanye set up Donald Trump. Let me say this. If Donald Trump is dumb enough to get set up oh my God. by this yeah, psycho Kanye West, now you've really made an argument why he should never be president again. If Kanye West outsmarts Donald Trump, then there's no way Trump should ever be. So no matter what you throw at me, right? Well, Trump is trying to help him. No good. He's a hateful anti-Semite. Well, you know, Kanye outsmarted him. No good. You can't get set up by a moron like Kanye. No matter what you throw at me, none of it makes any sense. None of it. Here is uh, my friend Jimmy Meatballs out on Staten Island, line three. Good morning, Jimmy. The honor is all mine, Sid, and I know it's a little late, but my condolences for Bernie. But remember, I cooked for you, and I sat with you, and I hugged you, and I love you both always. Now, as far as President Trump goes, I'm tired. I'm nauseous. Yes, you'll give him another chance, but you know what? People are blinded by mag, mag. That was then. This is now. Nicely, escort these two miscreants out. Kanye West belongs to be sent to the East and never come back because there's something wrong with him. You don't sit dogs at a table because you definitely will get up with fleas. But, Sid, I love you, and God bless all of you, and I thank you, and I listen to you every day, a loyal fan till death. And I love you, Mom. God bless you. Well, thank you, Jimmy. We love you, too. Jimmy Meatballs, Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Let's go to... And he's right about that. People keep saying, what was he supposed to do? He's President Trump. He owns a damn club. Get out, Kanye. No thanks. I appreciate you wearing the hat five years ago, but I'm sorry. My daughter is Jewish. Ain't no good. Get out. He would have done that. He'd be a hero today amongst everybody. Here's Maria in Westchester. Line five. Good morning, Maria. Hi, Sid. I, I got to give you kudos for the way you're trying to salvage your earlier statements about Trump. You're right. We want to win. But the problem is you just lost all of the MAGA listeners who were you lovers bet? of oh, Murray, 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 before you go on and say something yeah. else dumber than the last comment, you want to bet I haven't lost not even one MAGA listener? Where are they going, Maria? Who are Len Berman? You know, Where are they going? Where are they going? No, no. We go to a news channel. Because oh, then Maria, you go do that. Then, then you go do that, Maria. You go do that. I'll be willing to make you and your whole family a bet right now that you listen to every word the rest of the show. You ain't going anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. Why would I lose a MAGA listener? I said how many times this morning I am still going to vote for Donald Trump as of this morning. I said that how many times, Lewis? I heard about 25 times. Right? So if you're a MAGA listener and you're not going to listen because you're upset that I'm criticizing Donald Trump, I don't want you. So, Maria, I don't want you. I won't miss you. I promise. Here's Dennis in Palm Brook, New Jersey, online three. Good morning, Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Hi there, Sid. Hey, yeah, on the basis of what you're talking about with Trump... WFAN should never have hired you back. With all the stupid things you did, they still hired you because you're a great broadcaster. Same thing. He's a great president. He does stupid things. But he's the same guy that developed a vaccine that saved millions of lives, including the lives of thousands of Jewish people. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm not arguing any of that. And I'm telling you for the millionth time, I'm still with him. But but, But when I did something wrong at WFAN, not only did I get suspended and fired... But I never blamed anybody else. 
ever. So if you want to make that analogy, and it's a fair one, it'd be nice if every once in a while a Donald Trump supporter like this last idiot Maria or you or somebody would stand up and go, I love the guy. You just made a great argument. Vaccines, great foreign policy, thriving economy. But this was really stupid. But you folks can't seem to do that. And that doesn't help Donald Trump. It doesn't help our country. What does it do for us? Nothing. Dean is in New Jersey, online seven. Good morning, Dean. Good morning to you, Sid. Uh, I, you know, I, I agree with you that Trump, Trump uh, really kicks himself in the butt all the time. But we need that kind of personality to do what he did. Don't forget, if he didn't become president, Hillary would be president, and he, she would have beat a Jeb Bush, and we would have no idea what kind of problems this country has. I agree. We would think the FBI is still beautiful. We would think the CIA is still beautiful. Yep. We would think everything is perfect. If it's not for Trump and his personality, this will not But, work. Dean, all this is oh, true. Hold on. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I agree with all of it, okay? But, but you got to look at the numbers, you know, and, and we can list these things all day long. You got to look at the numbers. Right now, Donald Trump is not a popular president. So with all those great things you just outlined, I do this every day, too. All the great things he's done, he cannot afford to take on incoming fire. No matter how great he did back in 2018, 2019, he can't afford it. So if you know that, despite his great record, you don't have Kanye West come to your table. You just don't. Uh, Everything Trump did to cause controversy Everybody always says, you just don't do that. You don't do that to McCain. You don't do that well, you to don't. Gold Star. I you know don't. you don't, but he's, you need that in that personality. And as great as DeSantis is, we got a big problem in this country, and you need a freaking animal How many times have I said that? How many times have I said on this show, you need a prick to be president? I don't want a nice guy. Donald Trump is the perfect guy to be president because he is just that. What, what you just said, I've only said a million times. A million. But, but, people get tired. They're not blind loyal to Trump. A lot of them are looking for any excuse to run away. And these types of moments, if you will, are going to cost him. I agree with what you're saying. I say it every day. All you guys are doing, Dean, Maria, you're regurgitating what I say every day. He was a great president. He's got the perfect personality to be a great president again. But he has lost a lot of the love he had back in 2016. He loses more and more every day. He's got to be very, very careful. And what he did Saturday is inexcusable. Bottom line. We'll take uh, one more call. Um, Gary Stony Brook, line eight. Good morning, Gary. Oh, good morning, Sid. Hi. Uh, you know, the only question I have is, has anyone um, asked Trump why he said that comment? You know, maybe he was just trying to teach, speak to Kanye to, you know, be president. You want to get everyone's viewpoint. No, 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 you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't. You don't. You do not talk to haters, anti-Semites. I've heard this the last couple of days. It's ridiculous. Thank you for the call. Maybe he was just trying to be a nice guy. 
Maybe he just wanted to help Kanye. The one thing if Kanye was a troubled individual, suicidal, upset, then I'd give Trump all the credit in the world. Kanye has been the face of hate for two months, anti-Semitism for two months. He does not deserve a second with Donald Trump. So, no, don't sell me that. Don't sell me that, oh, Trump was being nice. You know, he, he feels badly for Kanye. F Kanye! Vito Pocella is the Staten Island Borough President. He joins me next. Maria, keep it right here, baby. I know you will. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, the piling on is accelerating just as we knew it would. Donald Trump is an anti-Semite for dining with the Dim Twins, Kanye West and Nick Fuentes. The corporate media can't get enough of this story, which was delivered right to their doorstep by Donald Trump. There is irony galore here, as President Trump was a big-time friend to Israel, but in a swirl of shrimp cocktail, that historical record has vanished. Apparently, there is no one at Trump's Palm Beach compound practicing quality control, vetting who gets into the proximity of a former president. That's dangerous. And Kanye West is in charge of supper Not a good thing. It looks to me that President Trump is now distracted in the extreme. That, of course, will hurt any future ambitions he might have. I mean, you absolutely cannot dine with Heinrich Himmler and Louis Farrakhan, mirrors of Fuentes and West. You can't do that if you are a former president. It is indisputable that President Biden is befuddled most of the daylight hours. Is it possible Donald Trump is trying to catch up? Hope not. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. We're doing live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Did you hear that, folks, what Phil O'Reilly just said? What he did Saturday does not erase all the great things he did for Israel, which I've been saying. But also it's indisputable what he did was unacceptable. Did you hear that, folks? That was Bill O'Reilly, not Sid Rosenberg. What he did was unacceptable. Would you sit and have dinner with Adolf Hitler because he wore a MAGA hat? That's how silly you folks sound, really. You got to take things on a day-to-day basis. People and situations change. They evolve. What he did for Israel and the Jews was great. This was a disaster. My next guest is the Staten Island Borough President. I really love this guy. In fact, we had a little softball game, or charity softball game from my son Gabriel. He showed up and legged out a two-run double. Here he is, my friend Vito Fosella. Good morning, Vito. Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. Look, uh, before we get to the Ferris wheel on Staten Island, which has become a pretty big story, uh, you were endorsed by President Trump. I know you love Trump. So do I. Uh, I am very, very disappointed in what he did Saturday. And I think if he continues to do stuff like that, he has no chance of winning. Do you have any real strong opinion on him sitting down, allowing Kanye West to come to his table? I I don't. I think I I don't personally just get into the day-to-day, dinner-to-dinner, conversation-to-conversation actions of, of people. So I think most people are just trying to get back to their lives. Uh, the election's over. Uh, they want to get ready for the holidays. They want to take care of their families, whose kids are in college, who's on their way to work. Uh, those are the things that matter most to people right now. You are and such a loyal guy. Take care of themselves. You are such a loyal guy, Vito. It's beautiful. You are, you are so loyal. No, Sid, no, I said I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to talk bad about Trump. Said no. Forget it. All right, let's move on to a local story then. <laughs> uh, our friend, our mutual friend, Pat Russo, sent me the story yesterday, a, a fine man, cop, of course, about this mm-hmm. Ferris wheel, about how there's been millions, maybe even billions invested in this down by the stadium that John Katzmatidis owns, that beautiful shorefront there on Staten Island, Vito. And uh, all of a sudden, it looked like that deal was dead. But now you, I think, have breathed about 30 days of life into it. What is the story with what's going on with the Ferris wheel by the stadium on Staten Island? Yes, first of all, Patty's a great guy, does a great things with young people and, and through the boxing program. So uh, he, he saves a lot of kids and a, a lot of lives. So kudos to, to what Patty does. Um, so for those who may not know, the St. George section of Staten Island, again, uh, by a good friend John uh, Baseball Stadium, otherwise known as St. George, uh, and the Staten Island Ferry Terminal, there is a parcel that many years ago was designated by the city of New York to construct, to develop uh, one of the world's largest Ferris wheels, be more than 600 feet. Uh, if you think about the London Eye, you know, the famous London Eye Ferris wheel. I've been on that. Yeah. On it. Yeah. Uh, and about 10 years in the making, and what happened a number of years ago is one of the key players went file for bankruptcy, and the bottom line is the site has been dormant. Been hundreds of millions, millions of dollars been poured into it. There's an existing structure with a parking garage, and there's been efforts to salvage the Ferris wheel, uh, albeit about one third the size. But I don't know if it's going to happen. So what we have done recently is said that the site and the public just should not sit back and wait for this site to be dormant another ten years, or and vacant and basically deny access to the waterfront over there in Staten Island, uh, that perhaps uh, people should consider putting a casino uh, on the 
on the on the grounds. I love that idea. And we have, or we will be reaching out to the major casino operators, at least to consider it, to take a look at it, to evaluate it, and then we'll decide. Uh, Staten Island Ferry typically is one of the largest tourist attractions in the city of New York, and on an annual basis, about one and a half million tourists uh, take it, in addition to some great people from Staten Island who maybe work in Manhattan or Brooklyn. And uh, we just think it, with that waterfront overlooking the skyline, the Statue of Liberty, it's, it's worth considering. So we're trying to revitalize the area, trying to bring uh, business, bring people uh, to enjoy the, some of the great waterfront we have. I mean, if you think about Jersey City or Hoboken, Bayonne, the Brooklyn waterfront, all have been revitalized. And frankly, we're trying to do the same for, for Staten Island. I love it. I love the whole area as it is. I've been down there many times, Staten Island Ferry Hall mm-hmm. games. My wife loves it. My son loves it. My daughter, Ava, loves it. And look, the, the truth is, this uh, Ferris wheel, for example, it may look very, very cool. And it is fun to go on, though. It's like one of the one in London. But I ain't going to make any money. I mean, you, you consider a casino, Vito, where now you're starting to generate some real revenue, plus there's tons and tons of jobs. I know, for example, in today's New York Post, they said that Times Square is out. No casino in Times Square. What better place than down by you? So at the very at the very uh, fun of this whole argument is no money from a Ferris wheel, potentially a ton of revenue from a casino. I, I think it's definitely worth considering, right? And the and- for those who may not know, they're saying that New York State is going to allocate three casino licenses in downstate New York. Chances are two of the three have already spoken for, which leaves one more. And um, I, I just see that the Staten Island waterfront is uh, uh, beautiful in terms of the, the views, some of the best in the world. And I, I think it's just worth considering. And we, we just want to send a the signal that you know, Staten Island is open for business, that we want to revitalize, revitalize our waterfront, uh, and we're doing so, and we want to make the progress that the Staten Island folks and community deserves and needs. So this is one way in which to attract uh, attention, and we're hopeful that in the next couple of months we'll, we'll start to see some traction and some um, willing participants, so to speak. I think it's a genius idea. Congrats to you, Vito. But, Bob, before we kind of put the cart in front of the horse – Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, you are still giving this investor, what, 30 more days to make the Ferris wheel happen? Yeah, so there's a relationship. It's not me. It's the city of New York through the New York City Economic Development Corporation that controls the site, and they have been open to extending the, um, if, for lack of a better word, the lease, I guess, that they have with the uh, the group, the entity that was scheduled to build the Ferris wheel, and they are still trying. That group is still trying to raise money to build that smaller Ferris wheel. Now, they can speak for themselves, but this is my understanding. And that arrangement um, technically is up in about a month or so. And frankly, we, what we said is if it's not close to reality, uh, the people of Staten Island deserve to like move on. And I think that's where we're at. So th- those who are looking have to sort of know that, and I think they do. Uh, but it's another sort of third before you know it, the blink of an eye will be January. And that's where we, the rubber you know, meets the road and we right. decide what the future is for that site. My, so, new, yes. yeah, my new friend, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, who I did speak to again yesterday. He's in mm-hmm. Greece today. He'll be in Qatar tomorrow. Is, is this mm-hmm. uh, something he gets involved in? Has there been a conversation between you and the mayor about this? Uh, not him personally, but we have spoken with folks um, in his orbit, in his in his cabinet, so to speak, uh, and just to make them aware of it. 
and there's, there's nothing ironclad. There's nothing etched in stone. But clearly, the mayor would have to be supportive. And uh, I hope while he's in uh, Qatar that he brings home another U.S. victory in soccer. <laughs> he's the mayor. He's not Jesus Christ. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last summer was the first summer of Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball. And again, I was down there a bunch with Danielle and Gabe yep. and Ava. You were there, Vito. Uh, it was yep. nice to see thousands of people on an August night sitting out there. And I got a taste of that view, which is absolutely gorgeous. My wife, as an attorney, has been in those courts many, many times. She knows the area very well, Vito. But it really uh, turned into a beautiful stadium and a great night out. Did you guys see right away season one some real positive changes for that area of Staten Island? It, it's it's happening, right? So John and Margo are dear friends, but they also are just beautiful New Yorkers. They want to; they're winners. They all since day one said they want to help New York and Staten Island, and and they have done so. Uh, we were there for opening day. We were there for closing day. We were there for your softball game. So, <laughs> uh, thank you. It's really it's, it's come a long way. Considering where it was a few years ago, it was just this dilapidated, rundown stadium. And now look at it. It's a beautiful venue. It's a beautiful facility. And season one was, uh, I think, it was good in the sense of everybody now knows what to expect. And what we're trying to do, go full circle, is to continue to enhance and to improve that area of Staten Island for people to enjoy, whether it be restaurants, whether it be the, the shopping, and uh, the court system has been there forever. Uh, but it's for we want more people to come and spend money and enjoy what we know on Staten Island. It's a great community, and we want to open it up to others to enjoy as well. Could not find a better ambassador for Staten Island than you, Vito. What a great borough president. Seriously, you're a terrific guy, a real sweetheart. I got to know you very well the last couple of months. And uh, congratulations on all your success there. And keep it going. It is a beautiful borough. You're making it better every day. Thank you so much. Well, I'm blessed the people of Staten Island have given me the opportunity to serve them. So thank you very much, Sid. You got it, Vito. Merry Christmas, pal. There he is, the Staten Island borough president, Vito Fosella. And I like that casino idea. I like that a lot. Louie, you a big casino guy? No, because I'll be in trouble. Right. I could see you sitting there for hours. See, I never played slots. Too boring for me. I need the action. I need the blackjack hands, the craps. I can't play roulette. I can't do the uh, the machines. What do you call those? Uh, slot Slots. machines. Who's our friend up at Foxwoods? Or not Foxwoods. Um... You talk about Mitchell Lettuce? Yep. Mitchell. Mohegan's son. Yeah. He's the greatest guy. And Jimmy Super. Allen is my good buddy from the Hard Rock. I mean, he took me up once up there. And, uh, Uh-oh. And, 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 and I sat at the. Um, <laughs> I was there until I was until I was in the black again. Until oh, I boy. until I came up positive, and that took a while. But <laughs> then uh, I like that's it. I'm done. You're done. I'm done going to cash out. You see, you're so and, disciplined. Well, I wish I, I was like you. Well, I was losing for a while, so I get this. this no, don't get, you have to stay bad. longer to win back your winnings? Right. So you stay longer. Yeah, MJ's that's, like, that's exactly how, what a how GA much person. Long, how much yeah. longer do you think? I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm nothing. Until they shut your lights. We're gonna pay for the room. Are we? Are we all right? Like, yeah, Connecticut, New York, they're right next oh, to each God. other. We're fine. Oh, it'll be, funny. It'll be okay. I miss Mitchell Lettuce. He was I, a great he's guy. He's really yeah. a good guy. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Can't seem to place it. Cannot find the candle of thought. 
favorite 90s band right here. I know Nirvana got a lot of plays, Stone Temple Pilots. This group right here, Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder, the best of them all, in my opinion. 746 on your cloudy, getting ready to be rainy Wednesday morning. We've had a great show. I mean, great. So much fire. So much passion. So many people upset with me. That's how I know the show is great today. The Staten Island Borough President, Vito Pacella, was terrific. Coming up at 8.05, you're not going to want to miss this. My mom, Naomi. A lot of folks running away from Donald Trump. And I believe they're right. Will my mother do the same? We're going to find out. 805. Creature in the White House. 840, the great Congressman Peter King. Always a great interview. 905, Defense Attorney Joe Tacopina. And 925, Lee Zeldin didn't even know this. I called Lee yesterday. I said, How do you feel about Alvin Bragg referring to your campaign as racist? racist rhetoric he's like he did what (laughs) he had no idea so today on this show lee zeldin responds to the ridiculous comments made by alvin bragg but before all of that my next guest right now has turned out to be one of my best friends i love him always loved his father the great mayor three o'clock every day on this station woody giuliani but now andrew andrew's my man his beautiful wife z his adorable daughter grace I love the whole family. Here he is, my friend Andrew Giuliani. Good morning, Andrew. Sid, good morning. I got to tell you, you know, yesterday was Grace's one-year-old uh, birthday. We had a great time for her, and, uh, and, you know, it was just nice as the biggest fair-weather soccer fan <laughs> in the country to be able to jump on this bandwagon for the first time in eight years and actually care about soccer for the next four days. Just yeah. Like this, you, right? Now, listen, yeah, it's, days, it is it right? is very cool that the Americans beat Iran on lovely Grace's birthday. That's very cool. And, and I watched the whole game yesterday, and I am rooting hard. I look for any reason to support my country. I'll watch the game against Netherlands, but I don't care. You can talk to your blue in the face that sport is almost impossible to watch. Impossible. Well, I said it yesterday. Look, I may be a fair-weather soccer fan, but I'm a diehard American. Right. So that's exactly right. We're supporting right. the red, white, and blue, yeah. and it's great. You know, that's what sports is all about. It's about getting together, whether you're Jewish, Christian, whether you're white, black, uh, whether you're Jewish, whether, whether you're, you know, whether you're from uh, – uh, massive, uh, you know, whether you have a ton of money, whether you don't, to be able to get behind a country, to be able to get behind a city like that. With all the divisiveness in sports recently, it's just nice to be able to get behind Agreed. one team. And we're on the same we're on the same page. Yeah, no, we are. Uh, what is a worst crime? What is a worse crime, Andrew Giuliani? Committing quadruple homicide like somebody did in Idaho or criticizing Donald Trump. In your eyes, what is a worse crime? Because lately I'm starting to feel like they're about equal. Well, I would say this. Obviously, I think you need to answer the question right there. But let's let's put it this way. I think 
want from Trump is I want Trump in uh, – if you go to these Trump rallies, you'll see Trump in, in the old Rambo, uh, big flags of Trump as Rambo there, shooting the machine gun out, saying, you know, Trump's here to take back the country and all that stuff. Well, I think about it as a little bit of a different Sylvester Stallone set of movies. I want Trump as Rocky Three and Rocky Four. If you remember the first couple Rockies, Rocky was out there getting punched in the face all the time by Apollo. He'd let his arm, he'd let his right arm down, and he'd let him punch him in the face. All that. If Trump needs to come back in 2024, chiseled, ready to go, and unfortunately, I think the dinner that he had just about a week ago with Kanye and, and with this uh, terrible anti-Semite Nick Fuentes. I think, unfortunately, that's a little bit like him letting his guard down and even punching himself in the face. Oh, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there because you and your dad are forever loyal to Donald Trump. You worked in Donald Trump's White House for four years. Much like me, you're still a Trump guy. You would vote for Donald Trump tomorrow. But let me stop you right there because that was Andrew Giuliani being very critical of Trump, saying that he made a huge mistake, maybe even punched himself in the face. You were just critical of Donald Trump. And guess what? You should be, because what you said is exactly right. Well, I've said this, Sid, I think, since he made his announcement, before his announcement even, right? He is trying out for the job title of serving us as president of the United States. And I think that's the most important thing. And so that's why I always think an open competition is good. I know there are a lot of people that say, he announced, you have to give it to him. But I think more than anything, he needs to earn this, just like any other public servant needs to earn this, just like Lee needed to earn the nomination, just like Lee did everything he possibly could. And honestly, if we were in a state that was that only had 1.8 Democrats to every one Republican, Lee would be the governor of the state of New York. Um, and, and so for me, this is, it's a matter of seeing, is Trump going to focus on the issues? Is he going to be able to go into Iowa, to North Carolina, to New Hampshire, to South Carolina, to all these places that he needs to in these early states? And actually focus on how he's going to make America better instead of these, you know, the sidetrack that we've seen. And I could see why you have some people like Peter King who, who are going in there and being critical of him because he seems to make these unforced errors all the time. Uh, if he focuses on the issues uh, and he uses his charm, which we know is second to none, uh, then he'll be the next nominee. It's, it's, it's that simple. Well, but, well, but it's not that simple. It's not that simple because these unforced errors you're talking about, Andrew, back in 2016, he could sustain them because he was new and shiny. And we all hated Obama and Clinton. And he was, like I said, new and shiny. He can sustain those. I think you'd agree, as a rational political analyst, he cannot sustain those in 2022, 2023. So it's not the same. He's got to be even smarter now than he was six years ago. And what he did last Saturday was beyond stupid. It's simple if he's disciplined. Obviously, what he did last week was undisciplined. uh, And we've seen that undisciplined. So if if he's going to continue to make kind of unforced errors like that, then it's going to open up the field. Uh, The one thing I I can say right now is it's tough for me to envision anybody but Trump or DeSantis being the nominee in 2024. I've been thinking this through a little bit, and I know it's really, 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 we're not even in 2023, and you never know what ends up happening, you know, in a a big uh, presidential nomination. Uh, But it's tough for me to, to see any of the other potential candidates taking that path there. We don't even know who's announced. Um, but uh, if Trump can be disciplined, 
then he's obviously got massive name recognition over DeSantis. He's going to be able to drive out the base in a way that we still don't know if DeSantis can. And as much success as DeSantis has had in Florida, which admittedly uh, it feels like a totally different country when you go down there from New York, uh, it's very different doing that across 50 states versus just one of the most populous states. Couldn't agree more. Now let's take it local, move it to New York City where you live, where I just lived. I'm still in Queens. The mayor is in Greece today, Qatar tomorrow. We'll get to the little meeting with the potential meeting between the mayor and your father. But yesterday he was talking about the mentally ill. I'm going to play this for you, Andrew. I want your comments on it. Lewis, this is Eric Adams, number six, about the city basically removing the mentally ill, whether they want to or not. My administration is determined to do more to assist people with mental illness, especially those with untreated psychotic disorders who pose a risk of harm to themselves, even if they are not an imminent threat to the public. All of these efforts are based on our core conviction that people with severe mental illness deserve care, community, and treatment in the least restrictive setting possible. So just so you know, Don Lemon and CNN are blasting Eric Adams this morning for at least um, he's kind of intimating we're going to remove the mentally ill, whether they want to or not, because it's better for them and everybody else. I agree with the mayor. What about you? Yeah, I agree with the mayor, too. You know, unfortunately, what we've seen for the first year of this mayor's administration is a lot of good talk without the action. So show me the action. Uh, I don't know if Don Lemon is taking the subway into work at CNN. <laughs> it's obviously a very different time. But if you take the subway in at 6 a.m. or he'll be going in at 4 a.m. in the morning, you'll see that you do not want the mentally ill on the subway platforms. And unfortunately, that's where so many of them have lived. And especially as it's getting colder and colder over the next few months, they'll be down there day in and day out. So let's see. Let's see over the next couple of months if Eric Adams will actually back up his words with action. If Eric Adams actually took some of the actions that he said he would, I think he'd be a successful mayor through his first year. He has not. And that's why, unfortunately, the city has continued to go the wrong direction. That is fair. Year two is a lot better than year one. That is a fair criticism. So with that said, I'm trying to set this meeting up with your father and mayor, uh, because you're right what you're saying. There's no argument there. But our dear friend, our mutual friend, Curtis Sliwa, is doing everything he can to sabotage this potential peace treaty. Are you getting involved in this or are you staying out of it? I, I am trying to stay as far away from this thing as possible. I actually tried to go to California while you guys are, uh, are, are, are meeting. Who knows where the heck you guys are going to be? So that way I can stay as far away as this is possible. Look, I, I still think this would be a really good thing if they met, if they were able to talk. Uh, Curtis pointed this out yesterday on his show at 1215, which is every day. And by the way, you're back and forth. Some of the best radio I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thank you. Here. Two of truly the best, two future Hall of Famers in Curtis Lewa and Sid Rosenberg going back and forth about this. It's like watching Michelangelo and Da Vinci going back and forth, (laughs) painting these beautiful pictures and all this stuff. Um, But I I would just say this, uh, that I I think Curtis, like so many New Yorkers, is frustrated in what they've seen. There's so many different corruption scandals coming out of the Adams administration. They've seen that he gives a very good press conference. They've seen that the media has fawned over him. And unfortunately, and Curtis sees this, obviously, considering he's so close with the founding guardian angels where he's on the subways every single day. He doesn't see it getting better, and that's the frustrating part. Uh, 
actually make the city a better place. Dust off a playbook called the Giuliani playbook that was invented in 1994 in New York City. If he does that, then he'll be a successful mayor. And guess what? All of us and our kids will live in a much better place because of it. Well said. Perfect way to end this conversation. December the 14th is a potential date for Rosenberg, Giuliani, and Adams. And we will keep you updated on those details. Andrew, you're always a great guest. I mean, not good, great, and I love you. Thank you for hopping on again this morning. Excellent appearance. We'll talk very, very soon. Yeah, I love you, too. We will make sure that we'll be pulling for our USA soccer, even though we might not know what the heck we're talking about when it comes to it. We're going we're gonna to pull like hell for them on Saturday. What do you say? I agree with you. I'll be watching a USA versus Netherlands on Saturday, Andrew. And Sunday, I'm taking Danielle and Gabe to MetLife Stadium to watch the Giants, our Giants, Andrew, take on the Washington Commanders. Big sports weekend coming up for the Rosenberg and Giuliani family. Talking about the Rosenberg family, when we get back in the 8 o'clock hour, this is the ultimate barometer, folks. Ultimate. Above and beyond Bo Deedle, Peter King, any one of these folks. My mom, Naomi, has she seen enough of Trump, as many have? What do you think? We'll find out next. Naomi, coming up after Deb with the news. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. song again, Lewis? Mama, we're all into Trump now. Oh, no, I'm sorry, crazy. <laughs> yeah, Mama, we're all crazy now. That's great. As we start our number three of the morning show here with me, Sid Rosenberg, on Talk Radio 77 WABC. A great two hours today. I mean, great. A lot of passionate people out there about this whole Trump thing. And we spoke to both Vito Pacella, the Staten Island Borough President, and Andrew Giuliani last hour. Still to come this hour, Lydia reports, and Peter King, always tremendous on a Wednesday. Next hour, famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina and Lee Zeldin. He gets to fire back at Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who actually said that Lee Zeldin ran a racist campaign with racist rhetoric. Lee Zeldin will fire back for the first time with me later on this morning. But as promised... There is no bigger Trump supporter in the world, I mean in the world, than my mother, my beloved mom, Naomi. So she has promised to come on this morning, and she's made that promise true. Here she is making her return for her listeners, my mom, Naomi. Good morning, mom. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hello. Uh, before no, no, I got to stop. Before you get into no. the whole Donald Trump stuff, hold on. I want to yeah. find out about Thanksgiving. We did miss you, me, Danielle, and Gabe. We missed Ava's away in Europe, and Daddy, of course, 
Last time I saw him alive was on that holiday two years ago. So it was the same. The same with me, right. Sydney, and, and that's why I went no place. Yeah. I stayed home in this house alone. Danielle did offer to pick you up and take you out to us. So. Absolutely, she did, but I just couldn't do it, Sydney. I had to be here. He wasn't here physically, but I felt that he was here with me. I had to be alone to get through this, Sydney. Your sisters begged me to come to Tamara, and and Danielle begged me to come and said she would pick me up, take me home. Right. I couldn't do. It. I had to be alone in this house. I couldn't. I could yeah. not be here. I felt that he was here with me. That that, and I. The food is not important to me. You know that. You know yeah. how disciplined I am. Yeah. So I mean, I had to be here, and I was alone, and that's just the way it has to be. And Danielle, you know, I tell you, Danielle made a beautiful dinner. She made, you know, the turkey, all the traditional stuff. She really did an amazing yeah. job. And as you know, it was also your grandson's birthday that day. She had a yeah, great cake I for Gabe. Him. I know I you did. Him. Yeah. So we had a, yeah. it was only the three of us, but we had a very uh, nice uh, holiday. Very nice, Mom. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. That's what it's all about, Sydney. In the end, this is what it's all about. As we get to talk about where from whence I come, and again. First, let me say I am not uh, giving up on Trump. You're not giving up on Trump. No, absolutely not. He will get my vote. If he was running today, tomorrow, next year, he will get my vote. Well, let me me stop you for one second because I I feel the same way. Uh, If I was voting this morning, I would also still vote for Donald Trump. You've heard me say that, Mom. You listen every day a billion times, no matter what these idiots contend. I would still vote for Donald Trump, but, but I am really really disgusted disappointed there is no excuse i don't want to hear kanye wore a red hat i don't want to hear he wanted to try to help a troubled man i don't want to hear he's just a nice guy there is no excuse for what he did last saturday could you at least admit that absolutely i'm on that page 100 percent. but we have to really take a breath and i have to anyway listen i was born into the jewish faith I love my faith. I practice my faith. I am a good Jew, I think, anyway, which my opinion is what matters. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> so with that said, I'm a, I do what I have to do as a Jewish woman coming from a Jewish household. But with that said, we have to make that differentiation. One is a religion, and the other is a nationality. I am a true, true American. That's who I am. So with that said, I will always fight for our people. We will never replace the six million Jews that Hitler managed to slaughter. We'll never bring them back. So I will continue to do what I have to do as a good Jew. But with that said, I have to worry about this country. I have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. What is the future of this country? And even though what he did was really in, I really like disgusting to repeat what you said it was you know it it, it was no excuse for him to even acknowledge this human being much less have him at his table but with that said he was a wonderful president and he gave our country a wonderful wonderful head start for all good things and that's what my kids have to inherit so i can't listen i can't be responsible for what other people think about my faith or about Judaism per se. But with that said, you first have, you have to really be a good American. You have to save this country. And right now, 
I don't know who else is going to be able to do this. Agreed. I don't know of another human being who's going to be able to step in his yep. shoes yep. and do what he did in a short time. He wasn't in, he didn't have two terms like Obama. He he didn't have two terms. He had one term. He had three and a half years to turn this country around. And by God, he turned it around. He did a wonderful job as a president. I would vote for him yesterday, today, tomorrow. He has my vote. As far as his personal preference, who he dines with, who he eats with, I could give to you know what. Because I don't really care about that. I care what's going to benefit my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And what he did for this country, Sidney Ferris, as our president going back, to me, that's all I have to worry about. Well, listen, you know, Mom, listening again to me every day, that I keep making the point that as much as I respect and like Ron DeSantis, running the state of Florida is not nearly as big as running the country. And I've said time and time again that I would still vote for Trump, too. But I do have to ask this question. Because you did such a great job a couple of years ago, is there anything, anything that Donald Trump could do that would change your mind? Or are you just in for life? That's it. That's it. You know, I, I can't I can't make such a drastic statement that I'm in for life. But at this moment, as I'm speaking to you, and there are many listeners who hear what I have to say, at this moment, yes, he would have my vote. One, not a hundred, a thousand percent, I would vote for Donald Trump, only because of what he did for this country, what his personal likes are, who he wants to break bread with, have dinner with. I'm not in favor of what he did. I think it was really incomprehensible what he did last Saturday night. I think it was despicable, disgusting, as a Jew I'm talking now. But with that said, I have to put that aside for the moment because what he did for the country reflects who he is as as a president and and the future of my – all my family, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. That's what's important to me. I have already fulfilled my life. I've done what I had to do, I think, at this point. But with that said, I worry about what my kids are going to inherit. And what are they going to inherit? Another creature in the White House like we have now? <laughs> this creature in the White House? Yeah, yeah. Creature? Yeah. This, who, who, what choice do we have? I'd like to know. Somebody tell me what choice do we have? Well, there's no choice. There's no choice on the Democrat side. But if I said to you, Mom, and I'm looking to change your opinion. Trust me, I'm not. But if I said your choice is Donald Trump, who was a great president, who's got great policies, but let's be honest, he's a moron sometimes, or Ron DeSantis, who shares the same policies without all of those behavioral issues, that becomes a legitimate choice. No? Okay, but with that said, I don't know if that's a legitimate choice. Just to reiterate what you said before, he did a wonderful job as governor of the state of Florida. That's not the same as running this country, interacting True. with these people yep. in, you know, all over the world and, and taking issue with these animals who are trying to kill Americans. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're talking about Russia. You're talking about China. You're talking about Korea. I mean, you've got to deal with these people in charge of these places. And Donald Trump did an incredible job. They didn't intimidate him. He intimidated them. And Ron Ron DeSantis, can he do the same thing? We don't know that. Do we want to take that chance? 
because who are we going to have against this creature now if he does run again? He's not running again, but, but he's not going to run again. he's not going to run no, again. No, no, I mean, he's, no. he's not even here. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not even here, that creature. Ma, are you, are you ready to make this really large declaration in your nearly nine decades on this earth? It's a long time. Are you willing to say, Mom, living through Reagan, Kennedy, other Truman, other great presidents, are you ready to say that Donald Trump is the greatest president of your lifetime? I think, yes. I think I put him in the same category as Reagan. Wow. I think President Reagan and him are on the same level. As far as anybody else, I don't think anybody else really did for the Jews what uh, Trump did as far as Israel is concerned. His own children are Jews. I mean, he has a son, a son-in-law, and a, and a daughter. His daughter converted all together. He has Jewish grandchildren. I mean, he uh, he's not, he has not one ounce of anti-Semitic in his body. I agree with that. One. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, to me, that's very important because he stood up for us in Israel, and of course, as an American. He pulled that horse all the way, and nobody helped him because even from the day one walking down that escalator, let me tell you, there were plenty of animals out there <laughs> who wanted to get rid of yeah, him. Plenty yeah, of these yeah. animals out there who followed the creature in the White House. Plenty of these people out there. But, you know, we got to have, we got to accept what we have. And at this point in time, he made a terrible mistake, and he didn't do the right thing for the Jews. But as an American, I think he did a wonderful job. As All right. So last thing here, uh, Mom, and you've been great today. My phone is blowing up. They love you as always. Of course they do. Um, if Peter King was going to join me at 840, I know you love Peter, or Bo Deedle, yes. who you love to. If they were on the phone right now, you know that they've turned their backs on Trump. They admit he was a great president, but now they want no part of him. What would you say to Peter and or Bo if they're on the phone with you right now? Tell me... Uh, both of them, I would say, listen, guys, tell me who's better. Tell me who's going to fill Donald Trump. They're going to say DeSantis, me, Mom. They're going to say DeSantis, Mom. And I'm going to say to them that I think he did a wonderful job as the governor of a wonderful state, but that's not the same as being the president of the United States of America and having to deal with not only domestic issues, but international issues. People that hate us. He put his face right in their face. He was not intimidated no. by these people. No. He intimidated them. That's right. And to me, that's what's important. Don't give me this other crap. You'll excuse my English. Don't give me this no. stuff about no. about what he didn't. Tell me what he did do. No. And don't tell me that. Yes, I think DeSantis is doing a wonderful job. He's well-loved down there. That's not the same as going across all these nations and going and, and, and dealing with these people who absolutely, they want to destroy America. They want to kill us, all of us. Forget about Jews. They want to kill Americans. He did a wonderful job in his state, but I don't know that he could handle no, that. Always, I, I, I say all the time. Trump was not intimidated. No, no. He said, I'm getting in their face, yep. and he did. He, whatever promises Trump made, he lived up to those promises. He didn't say one thing that he was going to do that he didn't do. You know, Mom, I was, I was about to apologize to you because I intimated earlier in the program that 
you would have cheated on daddy with Donald Trump. And I was about oh. to apologize, but as this uh, conversation you know, goes no, on, no. I think you would have. I think you would have, Mom. I really do. <laughs> no. There was nobody in this world that could ever take the place of your daddy. I'm kidding. Not, I know. not one soul. We not, know that. I know. You're kidding. Trump comes close, so Trump comes close, right? (laughs) No, not even close. I just love him as a president, and I and I agree with a lot of his issues, but perfect, he's not. Oh my God, we lost her. That's okay. There she is, Mom. I lost you there for one second, but I have to tell you that I brought you on. I didn't know which way you were going to go, but you provided about thirteen minutes of hope. For the Trump supporter that feels like they're getting kicked in the face, including by me, because I'm very down on what Trump did. So you just made a lot of people very, very, very happy. And your iconic status just exponentially grew among the Trump supporters, Mom. So congratulations. Well, all I could say is that as a Jewish woman and as a Jew, I, I really support him 100 percent, even yeah. though what he did last Saturday was not good. But as an American... As a real, true American, I will – there is nobody, Jew or Christian, that will not agree with me. As an American, he was one of the best presidents beside Reagan that we had. Bo Deedle just texted me and said, Mom, Trump can't win. Bottom line, Bo. Well, I don't believe that because I'm not a defeatist. I believe he can. He gets out there, he's going to get enough votes. I don't care what Bo said, and I love him. I love Bo, but the fact of the matter is that he's going to get enough votes to win. Don't be defeatist. we got to believe he's going to be able to win. Oh, you, like the Mets. you got to believe, Mom. Are you me? you got to believe. you yes. got to believe. I'm not a defeatist. You no. can't tell me he's not going to win. Right. I believe he's going to win. Damn right. How about that? How about that? Now, you tell Bo that I said that. Well, he's, he's listening right win. now. I think he heard you. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret Powers checks in. She says um, her husband, Paul King, ran for local office in Queens, and she says Mike Pompeo would be a great president. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I don't believe that because nobody has shown me what Trump has. I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to throw away the, the old water until I get the new water. I want to have be assured that it's really going to work. Again, to repeat what you said all morning, Sidney Ferris, I want to win. I want our country to win. And I know I, he would win with Trump. I don't know about anybody else. Oh. Do I want to give somebody else a no. chance? No, no, not at this point in time. Okay. We're in too bad a shape because the creature in the White House took us to a place that is it's unconscionable. I mean, it's totally unconscionable what this creature has done to us, to this country. So we got to be really protected. And he's the only one, Donald Trump, that's going to be able to do that at this point in time. All right. On I that note, know, you know, yeah, on that note, we're going to wrap it up, Mom. I love you so much. You were great this morning, and I love you. And um, All right. I'll I miss be you. back on again. Of course you will. It's your show. You just tell me when. I'm, you know, you tell me what day, what time you're on, okay? Right. I will. I'll give you a holler. And don't forget, a- Ava's coming back December the 19th, so. I know. I want. I know. I'm definitely going to come. I okay. to see my girl, definitely. All right. All right. We all love you all so right. much. I love you, and I miss you. Me and, too. And, uh. We're going to talk again real soon. We've got to keep this going. All right, We've got to keep Trump in the picture. All Don't right. listen to all this other crap. These bastards. Are, these backstabbing bastards have got no loyalty, right, Mom? None. That's-
No loyalty. No loyalty <laughs> to our country. Let's not say to Trump. Keep everything in perspective, Sidney Ferris. Loyalty to America, not yeah, to Trump. All right. All right. My, I love you. You're the best. Take care. All right. We'll see you later. Take care. There she is, folks. My mom, Naomi Rosenberg, as only she can do it. <laughs> Still to come this hour. God, I love you, Mom. I love you. I miss Daddy. I love you. Lydia Serrani coming up next. And then Congressman Peter King. If you keep it right here with me, Sid, only on Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street struggling to bounce back from this week's sell-off. The S&P and Nasdaq with three straight losing sessions. Investors holding back ahead of key economic updates and comments from the Fed chair today. All eyes on the latest job openings with today's October jolts report. Wall Street targeting a decline in openings for the month and signs that the labor market is loosening. Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaks at Brookings Institute today. Wall Street looking for more clues on what next month's policy meeting will bring, what future rate hikes will look like. Powell's speech scheduled for 1.30 Eastern. Salesforce reports its quarterly earnings. The company cut its full-year guidance last quarter and announced sweeping layoffs. And Wall Street is forecasting better results for the third quarter. Investors looking for a better outlook for the fourth. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77. WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. And this report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. Well, Elon Musk, he's been now taking aim at Apple because they are reducing spending on Twitter advertising and it's cut it's they get a 30% cut on all digital sales made through the app which i thought was interesting so he's now delaying his blue check verification monthly payment plan that he was planning to roll out because he wants to cut out apple he's like why should apple get 30% of my sales just by going through their app He's also been talking about possibly creating his own phone. And then he also tweeted out, he said, you know, he actually deleted the tweet, but he suggested that he was going to war with Apple. And in another tweet, he asked if Apple hates free speech. And then again, over the weekend, he mused about making his own smartphone. So now some politicians are getting involved because they're saying, why is uh, Apple, you know, threatening to deplatform? Uh, Twitter, simply because now they're advocating for free speech. They said they're not going to block people for so-called COVID misinformation because we know a lot of that that information that was out there wasn't misinformation. People were right all along. And if you remember, Apple suppressed it. They blocked it. So Governor DeSantis, he spoke about it. And he said if Apple deplatforms and cancels Twitter, basically, because that's what they would essentially do, kind of try to get them out of business by not having them on the Apple store. This would be a really egregious. It would be something even Congress would have to take up. And then DeSantis said, hey, maybe it's possible. And I agree with this. And we discussed this last night on John Caspatiti's show. Is it possible that Apple is beholden to China? And what does China hate more than anything? But free speech, the Chinese Communist Party. So take a listen to what Governor DeSantis has to say about this. 
It would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from, from the United States Congress. And so uh, don't be a vassal of the CCP on one hand and then use your corporate power in the United States on the other to suffocate Americans and try to suppress their right to express themselves. Well, look, I like what you had to say, and uh, I like the... The um, well, I guess Katz Matidis and you folks last night thinking that there is a relationship with China that may, in fact, be the reason why Apple makes some of its decisions. I believe that's the case, too. So it's uh, not that hard to figure out, folks, whether it's been Facebook in the past, even his own company, Twitter in the past, or Apple now. We're still seeing the same bias, the same agenda driven nonsense. We've been seeing for years from just about every major company that doesn't agree with one political side. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what do you call when our adversary is controlling what the media, what we're putting out there? It's it's basically tyranny. It's not even propaganda. And there's that famous saying, whoever controls the message controls the masses. So it's really important that you have a free and independent media site because that's what twitter is it's an exchange of ideas but it's also a dissemination of news and that's where a lot of people get their information from specifically young people people my age they get their info from twitter instagram facebook social media so for us to have our adversary our enemy the chinese communist party I mean, who's literally welding their people shut so they can die in inferno. So they're trying to create all of China into like a prison camp. This is some pretty scary stuff that needs to be investigated. We always say when people make strange decisions, all you have to do is follow the money. And that's what I'm wondering about Apple. Follow the money. And we've got the same situation with TikTok, too, which has become China's best surveillance system. I mean, everybody puts their personal information on TikTok and they go even in more in depth, even further so we, um, we really are. This has become a very Orwellian nation in that China knows everything we do before we even do it. That is some scary stuff. Now, this report, again, is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. They have amazing, delicious seafood. It's right there in midtown Manhattan. Very cozy atmosphere with a fireplace by far. My favorite seafood restaurant in all of Manhattan. The best service. Check it out. TheSeafireGrill.com. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Oh, classic Rolling Stones. Nice choice. Lou Rufino at 842 on your Wednesday morning. The last day of November. Believe it or not, December starts tomorrow. December 1. Great month. Christmas. They're putting up the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree later on tonight. I do like that. I mean, I hate NBC and Guthrie and um, I kind of like, uh, what's her name again? Haida Kotb or something? Uh, Hoda Kotb. Yeah, she's a nice lady. Roker is fine, too. He's, but they're just, um, well, they are what they are. So. But tonight's a big night, and it's great for New York City. And I know for me, I do find myself walking around the city quite a bit when the weather is not awful like today. It'll be rainy all day. And I like to walk past Rockefeller Center. Maybe have a steak salad at Del Frisco's and walk past the tree. Always a lot of fun. So that's coming up tomorrow, December 1. Coming up right now is a man that spent the better part of four decades as one of the great politicians. I always say the two best New York politicians ever, Rudy Giuliani and Peter King. Maybe not in that order, but those two guys for sure. Then, of course, you went out to serve Homeland Security. Now he's a star, whether it's on John Katzmatidi's show or mine on WABC. He is the honorable and great Peter King Peter, good morning, pal. How are you? Shit, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you heard my mom. It took about two seconds after Naomi hung up for Bo Dito to call me. You know, Bo gets so crazy. And he's like, Sid, listen, I love Trump's policies. If I really thought Donald Trump could win, I would vote for him tomorrow. He's trying to convince me, Peter, that he really believes that Trump cannot win, that he's turned off so many people that he cannot win. So why waste a vote on that guy when we need a Republican to win? Are you buying Bo Deedle or are you buying Naomi Rosenberg? Uh, no, don't get me in a fight with Naomi. I've heard <laughs> stories about her. That, you know, she's a killer. So let me just, uh, and I don't like the idea of following her on the air. I mean, that's what I have to say after Naomi. I mean, I got her. Talk, talk about being an afterthought. Uh, she is she is a, a human dynamo. Thank God. you. At least now we have some idea why you're the way you are, you know. <laughs> but that was great as you did the other night when you were telling stories about your mother, what a person she's, yeah. she is in everybody's life. It's, she's great. Thank now, listen, you. Thank you. I just think there's been too many of these errors, if you want to call that, by President Trump. And it all comes back to the fact that he puts himself first. I mean, he decides whether he's going to support a candidate, depending on if they – you know, they have to say that the uh, 2020 election was stolen. Otherwise, he won't support them. He doesn't really care about their positions on other issues or, uh, or uh, who has the best chance of winning in a general election. He, uh, he wanted to eliminate every member of Congress that voted against him on, on impeachment. Well, by doing that, we ended up losing a number of seats. Uh, and you know, the same in the Senate. He picked candidates only on the basis of how they feel toward him. And that was, you know, the, I guess the basis of his meeting with Kanye West, Kanye West likes Donald Trump. He says good things about him. And with that, Trump ignores everything else. And that's just a bad sign. And again, I, I, I agree with you. He did an excellent job as president. But more and more, when you become that self-focused, would he be able to do that same good job again if he bases everything on how people feel toward him? And also, you have to have the country behind you. And you're not going to have the country behind you if you keep making these type, we're going to call them mistakes or you know, narcissistic judgments. See, I love both sides. I love when my mother comes on and defends Trump to the end of the day. I love it. And I love what you're saying, too. But most people don't have the stomach for it. They don't want to hear it. They either love the guy or hate the guy. For example, when I tweet something or I put something on Instagram and your name comes up, folks that like you go, listen, 
Peter King, common sense guy, great politician, loves New York. I love him. Folks that love Trump go, oh, who cares what King says? He's a rhino. I know you've heard that. I mean, you were a Republican for 40 years, right? Yeah, and I was always endorsed by the conservative party. I'll put my conservative record up. But the fact is, your loyalty or your love of Donald Trump doesn't make you a conservative or or not a conservative. I mean, uh, as a conservative, I endorsed uh, President Trump because I thought he was candidate Trump. I thought he was going to get the job done. He did get it done. There were mistakes that were made. But as he came near the end of the administration, even without reliving all about January 6th, that did say a lot about him, though, between Election Day and then. All he was he was consumed by the fact that the election was stolen, despite what people were saying to him. I can see a guy being angry, but in the past, everyone in, in those close elections, whether it's Al Gore or Richard Nixon or John Kerry, they said, "Hey, you know, the country is bigger. Let's you know, let's move on." And he, he wasn't able to do that. And he showed that, you know, in the last election, where he endorsed candidates only on the basis of whether they loved him or not, and other candidates, no matter how good they were, he went after them because they didn't support him. I mean, it's a uh, he makes himself bigger than the party and bigger than the country, and that's that's dangerous. That's all. I'm listen. Uh, personally, I have had nothing but good relations with him. I'm sure he's not crazy about me now. But he's very <laughs> friendly to me, to my family. He was always a great person to be with. I mean, I had to keep reminding myself he was the president because he's a great guy. When you sit around talking with him. It's like being back in the street corner in Queens. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know we're two years out. It's a long time. But everybody keeps mentioning DeSantis. If not Trump, and clearly it's not Trump for you, uh, is there somebody right now, is it DeSantis, somebody else, that you'd be leaning towards for that primary? Yeah, I would say right now, Ron DeSantis. I was with him in Congress. I didn't really work with him that much. I didn't know him that well. Uh, he wasn't that outgoing in, in Congress, but he was certainly a hard worker. Uh, I mean, right now, he would have to be, uh, if you leave Donald Trump aside, you know, the front runner would have to be Ron DeSantis. Now, how he's going to stand up in a national campaign is another story. I mean, a lot of guys have gone into the primaries uh, as, you know, you know, the, uh, the odds-on favorite. But when they actually face the national media, when they face the, that whole grind of running for president, you know, they can't make it. So we'll have to see if DeSantis can survive that. You have other people. You have, uh, like, Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, uh uh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott is a very a very solid guy. So I think all of these people have to be looked at. Right now, I would say DeSantis would have to be considered the front runner. But you know, going back years ago, Ed Muskie was the front runner. Uh, <laughs> Rick Perry was the front runner several years ago. I mean, we had yeah. you know, people who yeah. uh, just faded. Yep. It's tough. It's, it's a different world. It's like being yep. great in AAA. Can you make it in the majors? Right. I mean, don't forget when Trump won that year, the guy that was the front runner for a while there was Ben Carson, believe it or not. But then uh, Trump uh, yeah, won and, right. and, and nailed Carson everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, let's go local here for a second. Uh, my friend and yours, the mayor, Eric Adams, he's in Greece today. But for folks who think he went there to enjoy the islands, that's not the case. He's actually there for something very important, which is a worldwide anti-Semitism meeting. Talking about Kanye West and Donald Trump. Now, tomorrow he is going to Qatar where the Americans just beat the Iranians. We'll get to that too, Peter. And Curtis was yelling and screaming yesterday that it was Rudy Giuliani who actually trained in the uh, guitar. And why would Eric Adams go to guitar? He could just talk to Rudy, which I am going to put together sometime in December. Questions about Eric Adams or the mayor. Greece today, Qatar tomorrow. We know New York is not in great shape. Are you okay with this trip, including this anti-Semitism conference today? Or would you rather see the mayor home? I will judge it by the results. If he thinks he's going to get the job done, 
and uh, it turns out to have been a, a, a good working trip, then fine. I'm not one of these pe- uh, people who wants to hold someone to this fine standard of what you do day to day. I judge a guy by the uh, uh, how he gets the job done. And if it takes going to Greece, or well, I'm not sure is it guitar or cutter. When I was in Congress, they told us we had to say cutter to sound smart. <laughs> now everybody's saying guitar, so I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, no, I mean, seriously, you can make contacts with those, and you can get deals done, which help the city, which help the, uh, the state. So, you know, let's, let's judge it. Let's see how it is when it's all over. Listen, here's the mayor. He's entitled to some leeway, and the end has to account for whether he did a good job or a bad job. But, again, I think he's making headway in the subways. It's tough. Uh, this whole idea of uh, you know being stricter when it comes to bringing mental health people in in, in for observation by broadening that standard, I think it's all a good sign. I mean, you can't be going on the subways with mentally ill people all you know uh, 24 hours. So right. have to, he, he's definitely going in the right direction there. But let's see. But I'm not. I don't. You know, listen. No, Curtis has his own thing. I know he accused me of supporting. Uh, I don't know corruption, Tammany Hall, whatever. Actually, <laughs> getting around. I mean, that's you know that's it's his style. And by the way, we need people like Curtis Lee or out there to keep everybody else out. Of it. So <laughs> if you have this dialogue going back and forth yeah. between Eric Adams and Curtis Lee, and then you going back between everybody, between Andrew Giuliani, Lee Zeldin. I mean, I, I used to just mention uh, you know, the mayor's name, Eric Adams' name. He was jumping all over me. And now, now you're in love with the guy. I, mean, that's, well, I, I, I was sitting down at a great Italian restaurant last week, yeah. and I'm all set to talk about the local politics, about the world, about yeah. everything else. Yeah. Well, you want to show me your text messages from, you know, of Merrick Adams. I was in love with you. So I don't know. Well, just so you know, when people attack you and they call you a rhino on my social media, I react the same way. I love you even more. How about that? I love you even more than the mayor. How about that? Does that work? Wow, okay. That's a big deal. Don't, that is a big deal. <laughs> you'll be on the phone with Eric Adams. I don't believe what said about that, Eric. Not today. I He's in you. Greece. King is a moron. He's a <laughs> king is a moron. I never say stuff like that. Uh, Kevin, McC- <laughs> <laughs> Kevin McCarthy in Congress, huge story. Is he going to get that seat? He's about to start axing everybody. Swalwell, see ya. Omar, see ya. Uh, I know there's one more in the Intel uh, department he's going to get rid of as well. Uh, oh, it, it would be Adam Schiff, correct. Uh, what do you think? You think it's uh, just inevitable that McCarthy gets that? And do you like what he's been saying the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know, I, I certainly agree with Kevin on that. And, uh, you know, in the past, I would have said that, you know, the leader of a party can have anyone they want on on their committees. Having said that, when uh, Nancy Pelosi would not allow Kevin McCarthy to put Jim Jordan and Banks on the uh, that uh, January 6th committee, to me, that, that changed all the rules. But even in the prior time before that, I would have knocked a guy like Squirrel off. To me, this guy is a security risk. That whole involvement he had with the Chinese woman and all that was a spy. To me, uh, disqualifies him. And then Omar, uh, the fact that she is such a virulent anti-Semite, to have her on the Foreign Affairs Committee, it says a lot about the Democratic judgment. They have her on there. So I think, I, I think McCarthy is right on those two. As far as Schiff, I don't agree with anything Adam Schiff has done as chairman of the committee. But I, I would say the main offense, to me, the two main offenders are Omar and uh, who are we talking about? Oh, yeah, Swalwell. Swalwell is a real bad guy. Yeah, he was at the Chinese uh, but, lady. And McCarthy, I hope Kevin does get it, only because it's, it's going to be bad. He, he's got a majority of like four or five votes. You can't allow five people to determine the future of the party. I mean, they're holding back. Apparently, there's five of them holding back. Their votes from McCarthy. Who who do they have? Who else is there who who, who could get it? In any party, I was I was just going to ask you that. Can you even provide me with one other name that you think would work? One name. No, I mean, the only 
know, the only one who would even be considered a possibility is Steve Scalise, and Steve is supporting Kevin McCarthy. Right. And then also, if they do go with Scalise, then there'll be five other people who don't like Steve. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has emerged as the leader of the party. He's done a good job over the last several years. There's no other plausible candidate out there. And you just have five people who want to exercise a veto power. To me, they're acting, you know, they're trying to act like they're, you know, they're more important than they are. No, unless, listen, if this was a real ideological division or regional division, there were two strong candidates, then you'd have them go at it. But to me also, you know, the party, the party has to mean something. And if Kevin McCarthy got the overwhelming majority of votes within the party in the past, at least up until the last 10 years, that meant the party would, you know, nominate that person on, on the, the House floor and vote for him. Right. Uh, to me, that election should have meant something. And Kevin McCarthy, has been out there. He's been traveling all over the country. I mean, he's, it's, it's no easy job to be a leader of a party because, first of all, you got to be in every state in the country going around, listening to people going on shows like yours, putting up with people like me. I mean, just think if you spend your whole <laughs> life doing that, going from, you know, from, you know, oh. from Tulsa to Macon, Georgia, connected to New York, no, thanks. on and on. You know, you know, where are you? I mean, I've been with Kevin to places. I don't know how he knows where he is. <laughs> just, Sounds awful. I mean, my God. The election, he was he was, he was actually at, at uh, King Umberto's restaurant doing a fundraiser <laughs> for uh, Andrew Garbarino and Andy Esposito. Oh, that's funny. Listen, 60 seconds to go. One of the reasons why you and I get along so well, the love of family, the love of country, the love of politics, but the love of sports. We both love the Mets. We love the Giants. You posted something uh, about the soccer game yesterday, Iran versus America, gave us all a reason to chant USA, USA, USA. But in the end, oh, my God, Peter, watching that game, almost impossible. What a dreadfully boring sport. Yeah, to me, I've uh, back in the eighties. I think my son noticed to see the Cosmos, and I uh, all I enjoyed then was the crowd reaction. It was really lively with Beckenbauer and Pele and yeah. people like that. But the game itself is just guys running up and down for ninety minutes, and then <laughs> at the end, you don't know when it's over. I was just thinking, like with the NFL, the NBA, they fight over putting a tenth of a second back. I in the know. Box. Now here you sit, you're walking around, and all of a sudden it's over. You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm waiting for you know, eighty-nine minutes, ninety minutes, oh and my then. God. Then they keep playing. Two so guys looking at his watch down the sidelines. It's absolutely ridiculous. But what was great to me was again, you know, that America won, and it's, it brings the country together. And the guts they showed to me, uh, it, you know, made it worthwhile. But the game itself, I had a hard time following. <laughs> but I really followed those last few minutes when. Yeah, the seconds are winding down, but then they were still winding down. Right. They stopped winding. So. That, that extra time is silly, but you're right. In a big geopolitical showdown, America got the win. That's all that matters. Peter, as always, a great appearance today. Love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Seth. Bye. You're the best. Peter King, folks. There he is. Big 9 o'clock hour to come your way. Defense attorney Joe Tacopino will join us coming up at 9.05. Alvin Bragg is on the table next hour. The Manhattan DA in a big way between Joe Tacopina and Lee Zeldin. He fights back for the first time with me coming up at 9.25. Keep it right here. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Stoffel and Billy Joel. Stiletto off that great 52nd Street album as we start the fourth and final hour on this hump day Wednesday morning, 9.05, gloomy New York City on the last day of November. A little gloomy, too, because one of the people I love the very most here and have for many years is Chad and his daughter, his daughter Gabrielle, Gabby. Gabby has been working here for a long time. I remember the first time I, I, I met Gabby, she was... I was in the morning, and she was answering the phones on the overnight show. And she reminds me a lot of Joy Taylor, my old intern, who uh, now works alongside Colin Coward. And I almost called her Joy for a second. And I said, who's that? And they're like, that's Chad's daughter. And I'm like, well, she's great. This girl's great. And then she went on to work with us for some time and ran the podcast department for the longest time now. And just a great kid, smart kid, beautiful kid. Has a huge future in front of her. Went to a great school up in Boston. In fact, I remember talking to her father, Chad, when Joe Biden won. And, and her father was like, what is that screaming in the background? He was in Boston. I'm like, that's the people on the Upper West Side celebrating Joe Biden. He just beat Donald Trump. Anyway, today is Gabby's last day. She's moving away to a much nicer place with a much better governor and much nicer weather. You figure it out. <laughs> so we're all going to miss her. You're a great kid. I love you, and I will miss you. But uh, we'll see you in a couple of months, so best of luck to you. Also coming up uh, next Saturday, the 10th, I still have book signings, believe it or not. People are still buying Citizens United on Amazon. And I got a place called uh, Joe and Joe's, a great place. I mean a great place up in Rockland County. I spoke to the owner, Rocco, a couple of days ago. We got a book signing coming up there next Saturday, the 10th at 1 o'clock. So if you're in Rockland County and you love Joe and Joe's, Joe Nunziata's buddies, check that out coming up on December the 10th. All right. My next guest is the really most famous defense attorney anywhere in the country. He's on this show often. We've been friends now for 42 years since going to poly prep together back in Diker Heights way back when. Now he's an international superstar. In fact, during this World Cup event, he owns his own soccer team Mind you, a championship soccer team in the great country of Italy. Here's my dear, dear friend, Joseph Tacopino. Good morning, Tac. Sydney Arthur, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, I know that uh, soccer is a big deal for you, so I have to imagine you watched every second of that geopolitical soccer showdown between America and Iran yesterday. And I know Italy's your favorite, but America is your second favorite. You must have been very, very happy after the result. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, look, what they did in that second half, the USA team, the way they hung on, the courage that they showed, and and without their best player, one of the best players in the world, Christian Pulisic, who scored that goal and then was injured, um, it it showed real gut and real character. And that, to me, in any football team, in any sporting team, is what you want. That that stuff beats talent every day. You know, character, courage, gut beats talent every day. And and that's what they're going to need in this next round against the Netherlands, that's for sure. They are the second youngest team in this tournament, I've been told, Tack, which means a couple years down the road, they're only going to get better. Look, they played Wales to a tie. They played England to a draw. They beat Iran. So for what it's worth, not the most difficult competition, but they haven't lost a game yet. They played the two tries, uh, two um, ties, I should say, and a victory. What does that say, do you think, Joe, for the future of this American team? Listen, I'll never forget when, when Italy won the World Cup in 2006, Maro Vladovic, who was the general secretary of the Italian national team, and a good friend of mine said to me, in 10 years, the United States soccer team will be the best in the world. Wow. He was off by, a, by a, about a decade. 
but but I see it coming. I think in, in 2026, I think we're going to be there because why? We have the greatest talent pool to grab from. I mean, we are the largest country that has the ability to grab from, you know, people from all different, you know, uh, backgrounds, uh, Argentinian, you know, uh, Italians, uh, Colombians, whatever. We're the melting pot here, and we have that pool of talent, not to mention we have the greatest technology in the world. We just need to get our coaching up to par, and when that happens, we're going to be unstoppable. I mean, Christian Pulisic, you know, at 16 years old, was sent over to the best team, one of the best teams in Europe, uh, Borussia Dortmund in Germany. Um, and this guy is our star. And he's a kid still. He's 24 years old. So I think the future of American soccer is finally upon us. I mean, the real future. Look, we missed World Cups before, right, recently. So um, I think now now it's an exciting time. But, you know, they have to they still have to grow up a little bit. They have to play a little better after they score a goal. Because what happens with a lot of teams when they score a goal and they take a lead is they lock down and they tighten up and they don't want to give up a goal. Well, that, that's when you get in trouble. You've got to keep playing your game. The thing that worked for you before is going to work for you again if you keep doing it. But when you tighten up and you get tense yeah. because you're trying to protect the lead is when things go bad. It's like football. That prevent defense always gives up a touchdown. But you're funny. What a difference exactly. a week makes, Joe Takapina, because last week you sat in studio with me, you handsome guy. Yeah? And uh, we was Italy. And now Italy is not in the World Cup. And the Americans just beat Iran. And you've replaced we, Italy, with we, America. It must be well, fun. I told you. I mean, I'm an American. I mean, first and foremost, I'm an American. Of course, I love the American team. And then, when, you know, of course, we're playing Iran. And it was like, you know, like it was a quasi-political theater. Um, I feel bad for those Iran- players from Iran, though. I mean, that team, they're going to go home to, like, summary execution or something. I mean, was, you know, they, they their families were threatened with arrest. They had to meet with Well, well let me ask you, you this. Know, the as, as the owner I mean, of, a, of a championship team in Ferrara, Italy, when your players lose games that they're supposed to win, seems like every time I talk to you, you're about to fire everybody. Everybody. Yeah, but I'm not killing anyone. You're not killing anyone. Okay. <laughs> not imprisoning them. I mean, if I could imprison them, I would, but I can't. So it's a little, a little different. I know. I'm with you. Hey, one more on note about soccer. Lionel Messi, who most people know, not think, know is the best player ever. Maybe. Uh, Pelle, maybe. I don't know. But uh, certainly the last no, couple Messi. of decades. He um, he's about to sign a huge deal, way past what David Beckham did in Los Angeles years ago, down in Miami. What do you think about Lionel Messi playing his home games in the MS- MLS in Miami, Florida? Boy, boy, that's a game changer. That is a game changer for the MLS. I mean, Don Garber, the commissioner of the MLS, did has done an insane job in the last decade. That was a a, a crackerjack league. You know, 15 years ago was a it was like a you know a neighborhood league almost. It was you know, stadiums were were were, were you know high school grounds and whatnot, they now have some of the best stadiums in the world. It's an actually it's a condition precedent to owning a team in the MLS is that you have your own beautiful stadium. And and the league is becoming uber competitive. I mean, you know, some of the best homegrown talent is staying here as opposed to going to Europe. But then bringing in Lionel Messi would change it all because the focus of the world would then be on the MLS. Because, you know, when, when you compare the best players in the world there's Lionel Messi, and then there's everyone else. Right, right. And he's he, even though he's 35, you know, he may not be his prime. The guy hasn't slowed down. If you look at him statistically and the way he plays his game, he's still at the top of the game. It's not one of these MLS moves where you're bringing in, you know, George Weah or Roberto Donadoni, these great Italians, or or Beckham when they were basically like, you know, bringing a wheelchair out onto the field. <laughs> this, this this is a guy who's still there. He's still the best player in the world. So bringing him to Miami would be an amazing coup for the MLS and an amazing coup for Miami and David Beckham. So uh, if that happens, I'm, I'm, I'd be thrilled because it really will do a lot for USA Soccer.
Looks like it is going to happen, too. That's right. David Beckham partly owns that team. So they'll be together. Beckham and Messi. This is the great defense attorney, Joseph Tacopino, with me on this Wednesday morning. Um, I don't know if you know anything about this. We didn't discuss this earlier because it just happened. But a bunch of these oath keepers that were there January the 6th, I know you've defended Kimberly Guilfoyle and others about that day. These oath keepers, two guilty, three not guilty for seditious conspiracy. I have no idea what that means. Do you? Yeah, planning an armed insurrection um, shortly after Biden won the election to stop the transfer of power and keep Trump in the White House. That's what that means. Got it. Okay. Well, let's move then, talking about Trump, to his organization, which remains, of course, under investigation, criminal investigation, every day. What is the latest with all of that? Uh, the, the trial is over for all intents and purposes. The, the testimony is done. I mean, the defense called only two witnesses, and um, one of them you know, was sort of a bit of a hostile witness. It was the accountant from the, the uh, Mazer accounting firm. Um, and there, that's it. The case is over. Now what happens now is the lawyers and the judge are going to get together and decide what the exact law that the, the jury should be read um, in this case is going to be, um, which, by the way, is, is a super important, super important thing here because, you know, when, when this jury hears this case, this is not, you, you know, uh, he said, she said case. It's not a typical assault case. The law in this case is critical because a conviction or an acquittal could hinge on how the jury understands the legal ramifications for a company when its executive commits a crime. And 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 look, honestly, this case, the defendant, the the, the, the guy who was initially the defendant, okay, uh, Wasselberg, right. um, you know, who now cooperated against an empty chair because there's no person there, right? There's not like you know when I'm representing a defendant, there's a human being next to me. There's flesh and blood, and and you feel it, and there's emotion here. The lawyers have an empty chair. There's a corporation, uh, you know, two corporations that are defendants. It's not a person, right. which makes this feel surreal. It also makes it a little easier for a jury to convict, right? They're not looking at the family members of a defendant. They're not looking at the defendant in the eye. They, they sometimes may feel sympathy for a defendant. That may cause them to, to pause in their, in their decision to convict someone. Here you're talking about a, a corporation, you know, and, and there's no one there. And, yeah. and this is sort of easy. But, but I, you know, it, look, this guy testified that he concocted the scheme on his own. Okay, and that and that no one in the Trump organization or Trump himself knew that he was doing this, but they reaped the benefits of it. He said he went up to say they reaped the benefits of it, um, but that doesn't make them guilty of, of knowingly committing this tax crime. So, uh, you know, I, I think if this were a normal case without the Trump name, without the empty chair, uh, it, 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 my opinion, from what I know, should be an acquittal. Um, but you know, you have the Trump name, which is polarizing. Um, you have an empty chair, which makes it a lot easier for a jury to say guilty, and no one gets handcuffed in front of the jury. So, I, you know, I, I think this is going to be a tough road to hold for the defense. All right, on the way out here, Joseph, I've got Lee Zeldin coming up next, and it turns out that the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, said that Lee Zeldin had racist rhetoric, a racist campaign, because he kept bringing him up, the only black man. I guess what Alvin hasn't figured out is, as a district attorney with criminals running the streets and running the show here in New York, that's what Lee is upset about, and I'm upset about not his skin color. You, as an attorney, have to deal with DAs every day in every borough. What are your thoughts on the real Alvin Bragg? Well, I, I, I'm a, I gotta tell you, Sid, I donated to Alvin Bragg's campaign because Alvin was a former federal prosecutor, someone that I knew to be a strong lawyer, 
and some I thought. Let me let me stop you for a second. There were four guys running for governor on the Republican side. Andrew Giuliani, who's become a dear friend of mine. Lee Zeldin was already a dear friend. Rob Astorino and a guy named Harry Wilson. And Harry Wilson went to college with uh, with Bragg and also donated to his campaign. But, but, distanced himself the last couple of years when he saw what Alvin Bragg became. I have a feeling you're going to tell me a similar story. I am. I am. Because, look, I'm a defense lawyer, right? I would normally say, hey, he's the best. I'm reaping the benefits of all this stuff. But as a citizen... And someone who walks around New York, you don't like what you see, you don't like what you feel. You hear the cops complaining all the time about them being basically, pardon the pun, handcuffed to do their jobs. Um, and, 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 and the fact that Bragg accused Zeldin of being a racist because he mentioned him is, is, is sad. It's, just, it's like that's just, a, you know, you throw that card out there in this day and age, and that's it. You know, it's, it's your, your, uh, your atomic bomb, and it's wrong. You know, preserve that horrible word for real situations of racism. Because there's plenty out there, but you don't need to do that. Zeldin is not a racist. I know Zeldin as well. I mean, I know you said you're very close to him, but he's a good guy and would have been a great governor, in my opinion. Um, but, but you know, in, in this case, it's, it's despicable to hear that. But then, you know, you've got to look at what Alvin Bragg is doing also. I mean, you know, he's trying to dismiss a case of a, a person who is on trial for murder. or I mean, indicted for murder, indicted by the former district attorney, Vance. The thing that's disturbing to me about this case is Alvin Bragg, when he was petitioning and, and running for the position of district attorney, he took this position that, you know, this, this defendant who stabbed her husband to death, um, I guess McCarter um, yeah, yeah. is her name. And, and you know, he, he used that as a platform to say, I, I stand with Tracy. Before he knew the case, before he hadn't had access to the investigative files, so he came to this conclusion. And what that did was get him a nice $500,000 Slow down a second. You're telling me, yeah. you're telling me that the DA Bragg got a half a million dollar contribution for coming to a decision before he knew any of the facts? Because if you're saying that, that's a big deal. Well, many are calling for his refusal in that case, in the McCarter case, because when he came out and said, took a stance, a real strong stance, that I stand with Tracy. You know, this Tracy uh, McCarter in this in this homicide case where a grand jury indicted her. A judge upheld the grand jury minutes. Wow. She claims that the guy accidentally fell on his knife. It sounds like a line <laughs> out of the play Chicago. You know, he ran into the knife. He oh ran into God. the knife 10 times. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, it's, it's like it, it's but yet before he was district attorney, before he had access to law enforcement files, he stood with this Tracy. That's a tough thing to do when you're a prosecutor. You're going to be inheriting that case. So now he's locked into that position. What that what that endorsement, so to speak, of Tracy gave him was, you know, George Soros's organization, The Color of Change, um, supported Tracy McCarter, continues to. When Bragg came out and gave that sort of statement in support of her, they gave him five hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Um, as wow. an independent oh, expenditure campaign contribution in, mm. in May of twenty twenty one. Wow. Uh, you know. There's some things there that most wouldn't be comfortable with. <laughs> oh, to say the least, man, does that stink. Yeah. But no surprise that that's in and around this Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. That is a, a great job, Joe Tacopina. Another great appearance. Hold on. Hold on. One thing. One thing. We talked about all these important things, but let's talk about something real important. Number one Italian restaurant in New York City. In my opinion? Yeah. Um, you're not going to like this, but I'm going... Not far from where you grew up. You grew up on, like, X and Bedford. I'm going to Nostrand and R. Michaels. That's it. That's it. I got it right? 
What do you mean I'm not going to like it? It is by far and away the most authentic, <laughs> real, incredible Italian restaurant. I always say that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And, and I spoke to Michael last night because a friend of mine, Jordan Steve, a great lawyer from Reed Smith, is, is wanted to go to a great restaurant in Brooklyn. I was like, well, there's only one truly great restaurant in Brooklyn. And if you want to eat the best Italian in New York City, head over to Nostrand Avenue. No doubt. So I knew you would get it, man. No, of course. I I, because yeah. I think the misconception is – yeah, the misconception is if you're going to go for Italian in Brooklyn, you got to go to Third Avenue or Fourth Avenue in Bay Ridge. And listen, Ario's isn't there anymore in these other great spots. So I'm not even sure it's close anymore, Joe. Is that even a close second? I don't think so. I, I'm not talking about Brooklyn. I'm, see, I'm talking about New York City. No, me too. I agree with you. <laughs> okay. I agree. Yeah. So, well, there's also, right. there's also go, no bro. defense attorney as good as you are. So there you have it. <laughs> so, I agree with you too. Well, thank you. You were great today. We'll do it again next week. Uh, thank you, as always. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I love you, pal. Thank you. Love you, too, sir. Take there care. he is, Bye. the great Bain defense attorney, Joseph Takapina. And that is, uh, that's quite a story he just told about Alvin Bragg, huh, folks? Half a million dollar contribution. No wonder he loves Tracy. Well, talking about Alvin Bragg, yes, Bragg, in fact, did refer to Lee Zeldin's rhetoric as racist, his campaign as racist. Lee Zeldin has not fought back yet. Until now, here comes Lee coming up next. Do not change this style. And sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The rhetoric during the campaign was, uh, you know, kind of sobering and discouraging. You know, taking us back to kind of Willie Horton uh, era politics. So encouraging to see the response, but more more broadly, our uh, our body politic, both throughout our state and nationally, it's, it's sobering and discouraging um, that we are we are still uh, seeing what we saw during the campaign, so. Well, you used a, a very charged historical reference there, Willie Horton. Will you go a little deeper into that? Sure, and, and I know you, you have an astute listenership, so that we'll, we'll call that, that, that time period and the, the, the ad there and how uh, really race was weaponized. Um, and, and look, we have significant public safety issues uh, in Manhattan, in the state, and nationally. Um, I know that. I'm living them. I raised my family here. As I said, I've been here all 49 of my years. Uh, but we've got to talk about them in a sober, fact-driven way and about reality uh, and not, I mean, if you looked at uh, um, you know, those ads, which I tried to not watch, but they were appeared to be ubiquitous, uh, there were times where I was the only black face. So, uh, you're the DA. And um, one has to ask whether that was intentional, whether uh, what the no. message being sent was. Let's talk about the work we're doing in the office um, every day. You don't want to do that. Not just have, you know, rote uh, tropes uh, from years gone by. Believe this guy? I like this song, Guns N' Roses. Brian Lehrer and um, Alvin Bragg. This is for Gabby Lopez. You can say it, Lewis, on the air. I know. I was. I didn't want to interrupt you and kind of memorize names. That was Alvin Bragg. Yeah. You believe this guy? I was the only black guy. You're the you're the DA. You're black. What are you talking about? It's Lee Zeldin. I mean, you, you you can't find a more decent human being. Maybe you hate his politics. I don't care. 
He's a decent human being, a war hero, a great guy. You're going to call his campaign and his rhetoric racist because you're a failure? But it's part of the course. This is what Democrats do. What they do, they go right to the race card. When they are failures at what they do, instead of taking a look at their own face in the mirror, if they're a black person, you're a racist. If you're critical of Maxine Waters or Kamala Harris or Alvin Bragg, you're a racist. Well, forget about how I feel. Let's go to the man that he actually attacked on that radio show last week, a man that just did, had a tremendous campaign running for governor, may very well be the next chair of the RNC, most importantly, a dear friend of mine, Lee Zeldin. Lee, good morning. How are you, pal? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm listening to that clip. It's actually the first time that, that I'm hearing that audio. And, uh, you know, the, the problem is not related to the color of Alvin Bragg's skin. It has nothing at all to do that about that. But if you were to be digesting the, the video, the stories about people getting pushed in front of an oncoming subway car and, and some of what we see under our streets, not just what we see on our streets, you, you wouldn't even be playing Paradise City. You'd be playing Welcome to the Jungle down there. <laughs> That's great. Very nicely done. do with his skin color. <laughs> and, and the problem is the dude comes into office January 1st of, la- of this year, and he issues a day one memo saying that all different laws he's not going to enforce across the board. Other laws he's going to treat as lesser offenses. We saw what happened with the Jose Alba case where where Alvin Bragg sends him into Rikers Island with an open stab wound, slaps him with a murder charge, does not charge the person who stabbed Jose Alba. And Jose Alba, just using him as an example, he came to New York to live the American dream. He decided after all this went down, he was going to, after decades, move back to the Dominican Republic because he feared for his safety here. So Alvin Bragg doesn't want to talk about that. Instead, he wants to just chalk this whole conversation up as this having anything at all to do with the color of his skin. It has nothing to do with that. Of course not. I mean, look at the New York Post today. Why Bragg nicks 20-plus shoplift raps is a guy named Wilfredo Ocasio, he's robbed, I swear, he's robbed 22 different Dwayne Reeds. He's still on the street today. And this murder case that Alvin Bragg ended up in court in just the other day, he's on audio uh, supporting this Tracy lady who claims that her husband ran into the knife. You can't make this up. Turns out, according to Joe Tacopino on here moments ago and the New York Post, he received a half a million, half a million dollar contribution from that group that was uh, supporting Tracy a couple of months ago. So he is not only a liar and calling you a racist is disgusting, but he's clearly as corrupt as the governor that defends him every day. Yeah, and you know how this is going to actually even end up getting worse is that at the end of the campaign, the last, you know, sometimes they say with these campaigns, uh, you know, I wonder what would have happened if the election was one week later. You know, you and I were discussing last time around the line. It would have been interesting to see if the election was one week earlier. And in that last week, uh, Hochul had to rely on the Working Families Party and some of these labor unions. But they were really trying hard to get out the vote, especially inside of uh, we saw in Manhattan and some parts of Brooklyn. Well, the Working Families Party is leading the efforts to pass cashless bail and these other pro-criminal laws. They 
uh, are, are at the tip of the spear of the defund the police movement. The Working Families Party is, in many respects, responsible for getting DAs like Alvin Bragg elected who refuse to enforce all sorts of laws across the board. So what, what happened over the course of this last week is a, a – a, I would say the Working Families Party became more powerful in this state. And Alvin Bragg, if he's going to get a free pass you know, to be able to go on local media – and not be asked probing questions by members of the media who, by the way, they have to walk the streets. Those members of the media, they are riding the subways too. And if they want to go, listen, the campaign's over. You know, it, it's it's done. You want to move forward? You actually have Alvin Bragg there on the other line. How, how do you not ask him any tough questions yep. about this? Yep. Because this guy thinks, you know what? Wow, I got a free pass. The Working Families Party? They think that they're more powerful than they were before, and, and we don't want to be told it's just a perception, look away, there's nothing to see here. They did that in the 1980s. That's exactly what Ed Koch was saying, verbatim, and it wasn't until you get to the early 90s that people of all walks of life, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, it didn't matter what your party affiliation was. It doesn't matter whether you consider yourself a, a liberal, a moderate, conservative. All New Yorkers decide to unite as New Yorkers to take back our streets and our subways. And that's, that's where this is heading. And Alvin Bragg, oh man, you know, he, listen, he, he's going to you know, live in, to fight another day because I would have been telling him on day one that he's being fired. But just because that's not happening on January 1st of 2023, that doesn't mean that you don't have a job to do. Because you forget about whether or not you have the ability to remain in the position, your oath, your duty as district attorney is to keep the people safe. And by the way, it's not just how the people of Manhattan vote, because what happens, so goes Manhattan, so goes a lot of the city, so goes a lot of the state. There are people who are deciding not to travel into the city because they don't feel safe here. And, and if you're just going to ignore that and continue down this wrong path, Manhattan, New York City, this state, so goes, you could even say so goes this country. We should be lifting up, and there's no better way to do that than to ensure safety and security, especially when you're the district attorney. I couldn't agree more. But with all that said, and you've nailed everything right on the money, you had not heard that before. That's true. You even told me that before the interview. Now that you heard it, knowing Alvin Bragg, knowing his policies, all these things said, are you still not shocked? That he went down the racist route? Oh, I'm totally not shocked. By the way, it's not even just him. He was basically being fed this from the media. I mean, we saw it with uh, you know with Errol Lewis on New York One, and another you know, racist. Was, Errol <laughs> was saying Errol was saying that my my criticism of Alvin Bragg refusing to enforce the law, his day one memo, Jose Alba case, and more, that it was because it, it, he he was suggesting that it was because of the guy's skin color. Yep. And and by the way, I, I mean I just don't even first off, I don't even look at people like that. that, that I mean I'm looking at him as the district attorney. What are his policies? Is he doing his job? That, that that's 
the lens that I'm looking at. I, you know, down in Washington D.C., I, you know, I, I, I co-chair, co-founded the Congressional Caucus of Black Jewish Relations, and it, it's just like I, I'm about trying to improve the relationship between communities. But what they, but what ended up getting fed to him, even by members of the media, was suggesting that that this was all due to his skin color. And it had nothing to do with it. Of course not. This wasn't, you know, am I surprised that he did it? No, but he'd rather be, he'd rather be talking like that than having an ounce of accountability. But, uh, you know, you, you see congestion pricing coming into effect. And the MTA says that they need the money from congestion pricing. Well, if you were to enforce fare jumping, that's hundreds of millions of dollars right there. If you were to make the subway safer, Maybe you'd be able to get back the millions of people per day who aren't riding the MTA. There's money. But he, I mean, part of his day one memo said he's not going to enforce fare jumping. It, it ends up impacting not just safety, but people's wallets and their personal decisions of whether or not they're going to stay here in this state. And they're just leaving. And, and this isn't like you know, it's challenges in the early 90s where everyone united as New Yorkers with the spirit of New York to take back this city. They weren't going anywhere. Or after 9-11, everyone united as New Yorkers with the spirit of New Yorkers. They're going to take back this city. They're not going to be intimidated. They're not going anywhere. But what's happening now is that New York leads the entire country in population loss. Yep. And the people who are leaving aren't saying, oh, as soon as Alvin Bragg is gone, then I'm moving back. No, they're saying, I'm done. Every single day, people are saying, I am done. I am leaving New York, and I am never coming back. So these, the damage that's being caused right now is permanent. I agree. Uh, two minutes to go, Lee, the great uh, Lee Zeldin. You are a proud Jew. You don't hide that. You talk about your faith, your religion all the time. I am a proud Jew as well. I'm on record saying uh, I'm still supporting Donald Trump, but, but I am really upset with him allowing Kanye West. I don't care about Fuentes, the other guy. Kanye's the face of anti-Semitism. He knew that. He knows who Kanye is. I don't care if Kanye wears a MAGA hat or not. I am really disappointed, and quite frankly, I found it to be despicable that Trump allowed him to sit there. Now, you're going to be the RNC chair and making excuses for Trump almost every day, so I'm not sure you want to criticize him. But as a proud Jew, how did you feel about what Donald Trump did last Saturday? Well, listen, I mean, there's two parts of this. One is you mentioned Kanye. The other one you mentioned, Nick Fuentes. I, I didn't know this guy, Fuentes. I, I think a lot of the people who are speaking about him, they didn't know who this guy was either. Now, all of a sudden, they're acting like they're an expert on whoever this guy, Fuentes, was. And I, I had to look him up. Just Probably just about everybody else had to do the same exact thing. And um, you know, and, and Trump says that he didn't know who the guy was. I have no reason to believe that he did. And I'll tell you, as somebody who has been to dinner with President Trump, I've brought people where he didn't know who I was bringing. No, no, I, I believe that. No, I, I, I believe he didn't know who Nick Fuentes was. But he knows who Kanye West is, and Kanye's yeah, been right. the face so, of anti-Semitism for two months. Yeah, so as far as Kanye goes, it, it, it's, it, it's done. Like, like he is... This guy right now is on a downward spiral. He is bad news. I mean, he, he, is, he is not bringing anything positive right now to the conversation or the table. I mean, he's causing pain to folks. I mean, he's dealing with some serious crap in his life. And, I mean, I, just, I think it's just a bad idea, especially if, you know, for anyone who's involved in politics in the public eye, 
you know, this isn't, didn't, I don't know if this was some type of a therapy session. That's not what I, that's not what I've heard from what's been reported. The guy needs help. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, there's, I, I don't want to say about him. I mean, Kanye is just, he's very much going in the wrong direction. His views, uh, especially as he's weighing in um, on the Jewish community are, are reprehensible. And I, I fear that we haven't heard the last of Kanye saying bad things yep. that you know folks are going to be complaining about. He's doing it to himself. I don't know what the heck's going on inside of his head right now, but he's not in a good place. No, I agree. But uh, Donald Trump should not be his therapist. We're trying to win an election here, and uh, that's the last guy you want at your table. You are the first guy I want at my table, though. Lee, this was a great conversation. I'm glad you said what you said about Alvin Bragg, because when I heard that audio, I was disgusted. I really was. Uh, you're a great man, a decent man. And a great politician, a great father, a great husband, and a great friend. Thank you for coming on today, buddy. We'll talk again very soon. Still can't get into Peter Luger's, though. (laughs) I have a feeling you can get in now, Lee. (laughs) We will do that one day together, I promise. There he is, folks, the great Lee Zeldin. Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. do a better show than that. I really don't. Got everybody all fired up in the 6 o'clock hour. Fired them up. Phone calls and one lady actually cursed Maria from Westchester. It was a disaster. She was a complete disaster. No wonder how many of these people actually call like John Katzmatidis or Chad. I hope they don't pay attention to these people. I hope they realize that when that happens that means your host is doing a really good job. I mean, my job is to make people happy, angry, sad, all that stuff. That's what the great hoes do. That's why they are compelling. That's why they're thought-provoking. If everybody likes you, odds are you're vanilla, you're kind of boring. Is this, why, why would you threaten to go somewhere else? What are you going to do? No, I'm not doing anything. I just, I just know, like, on a no, not that, you, the listener. Oh, the listener, yeah. About, they're not going anywhere. Point. Yeah. Because they're not going to get, first of all, look at this guest list today. I mean, come on. Let's go back and take a look at this guest list today. I got it. My mother, Peter King, Andrew Giuliani, Vito Fasella, Lee Zeldin, Joe Tacopina. Who does that? Nobody does that. Having all these different conversations about all these major issues, some more fun than others, carry on those types of interviews. Who does? Nobody does that. Nobody. And then, look. I'm opinionated. So if you like Donald Trump, you can't be mad at me because I'm on record between this radio program, Instagram, a thousand times saying I haven't abandoned Donald Trump. And if you're not happy with Donald Trump, then if you've been listening, I'm really unhappy and have been for the last couple of days. So I'm not sure why anybody on either side would be angry with me when, in fact, I think I'm pretty fair about it. I thought the idea was to learn things and to get... <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. 
One of the more compelling things years ago, I remember I was driving on the George Washington Bridge. I'll never forget it. And it was Francesa arguing with a caller. I think the NFL had just come out with the uh, new edict about you must interview minority people for coaching right, jobs. Right, right. And I hate was, that rule. The right. Rooney rule. So he was uh, on and going on about, like, what are you going to do? You're going to pass one coach around to all these teams. It looks – it's stupid. And then he – one caller called and said, you need to do this. You need – and it went on for, like – he actually kept the caller on for 10 or 15 minutes. And that's what – you know, you could disagree with something, but at least it was compelling. It was – Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just like what you're – exactly what's happening here. Right. You're making uh, at least people think. Of course, think. because uh, I'm not – you know, I'm not straight ahead, Trump, 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 Trump. Yeah. Like well, like a lot of the callers right. are, but hard voice, God rest his soul. And I'm also not, well, he's done. He's finished. He's the worst. He's a Jew hater. All that. Not, I'm not doing either one of those things. Right. When, if he wears a jacket with a swastika on the back of it, <laughs> yeah. looking around, is, are people still going to yes. know he's the guy? Yes. Yes. His supporters will still say, including my own mother, who cares what he wears on his jacket? Look what he did for Israel. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Right. Well, I got right. Well, if they found, uh, you know, uh, silverware and dishware with the Third Reich thick stuff on the back of it, will that stop people? To There's wouldn't matter. Of, they would know, say somebody else <laughs> dropped it off. He didn't know about it. You know. I mean, it's his club. You know, you would think somebody would walk over and go, Mr. President, Kanye West just got here. Oh, whatever you do, make sure to come over to my table. That's all he had to do. That, right. That's it. Yeah. But no one's asking him to be a, you know, throw him out, beat him up. That's all he had to do. But one of the callers said something about, uh, look, this is the kind of guy you need. You need an animal. Well, but you have to deal with the people. And who like, says that all the time? I know. I was about yep. to say you've said it. Yep. Yes. It's true. That job, the president of the United States has to be a prick. You know, Sydney, I've said it. I've loved you a lot. I really <laughs> yeah. love you. Some lady yelled at me at the shul I was at, speaking at the West Side Republican Club a couple of weeks ago. She said, no, he doesn't. Why does he have to be a, a, that word? I said, well, why don't you do me a favor, sweetheart? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, be by calm, the way. She, be calm. Yeah. Stay I calm. was very calm. I said, why don't you do me a favor, sweetheart? Why don't you tell me the last nice guy who was a really good president? And she said... What about Obama? I said, Obama was a horrible <laughs> president. Great guy. You want to try another one, sweetheart? <laughs> I liked him. He's going to the best, but he cannot run a country. <laughs> Can't run a country, I'm telling you, right? We got a lot of bad hombres out there. A lot of bad hombres. Sydney, you know it. You know it. Bernard knew it. She stopped at Obama. I was afraid she was going to go to Bill Clinton, who I liked. I voted for Bill Clinton. And the country was certainly doing well. That first term, when Bill Clinton allowed all that nonsense to go on with the mortgages and, you know, I mean, everybody was making a ton of money, the dot-com era. Then it all fell apart, of course. And then that poor bastard, that dopey George Bush 43, walked into office, had no idea what hit him. <laughs> He's in there for like two weeks and they're knocking down buildings. Oh, and, baby. <laughs> I mean, what a mess. Jimmy Carter, he was a nice guy. Built a lot of homes for people. Such a nice guy. He can pick up that plywood. Knows how to put a hammer in there. Can't run a country. That's uh, just saying it. Can't That's run. true. That's can't a run. great one right he there. He run. was a nice guy. He is nice. Sent me yeah. cards on holidays. <laughs> right. I'm and a genius. Nicer. You know, that Jimmy smart. Carter is a nuclear physicist. The very, guy's brilliant. Very yeah. smart. Yeah, very built smart. a rock, built a missile, built a rock. Uh, come on, look what he did, uh, Mr. President, with uh, Israel and Egypt. Yeah, listen, I'm on not Sadat. That. Can't, 
He's one of the greats, one <laughs> of the best. I like him. Can't run a country right now. They got you. Got to handle these bad hombres, Sydney. You know it. I tell you. I'm done bringing up people to do a Trump impression. Lou Rafino does the best one of all. I mean, great. We'll come back and wrap things up on this epic Wednesday program with me, Sid. Only right here on Talk Radio 77. That was great, Lou. WABC. Good stuff. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Good tune, Lewis. We, uh, I'm sorry we're done for today. I know you folks would love to have me stay on, but I'm done. Brian Kilmeade is coming up next. What a great job by the plethora, the bevy of great guests we had on this morning. All the conversation back and forth. The callers were great, too. Lou Rafino, really funny. That's a great Trump impersonation. You're, you're brilliant, by you're the way. You're one of Lou. the greats, Sidney. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, you, President Trump. Macedonia, Phil, great as always. Justin Ellick, tremendous. Also, Deb Valentine, great show. Today. I love when Deb includes my interviews on the very next news update. I love that. Whether it's Lee Zeldin or Eric Adams, um, the mayor, thank you for that. Big show coming up tomorrow. Judge Napolitano on every Thursday now. And Bill O'Reilly. On every Thursday now, plus some more guests along the way. Enjoy your rainy afternoon here in New York on a Wednesday until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, folks. From all of us to all of you, peace. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.